Cherry Pop Horror. Hello, 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 and welcome to Cherry Pop Horror, the horror movie podcast where it's always someone's first time. I'm Jacob, and in this show we tackle all things horror, be they your classic slashes, gore fests, monster flicks, kids horror, animated, basically. If it's got enough horror themes to it, we'll give it a watch. If you've seen the movie before, just sit back and relax. If not, don't worry. We're going to be running through the plot, talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, and just generally having a good laugh. If you'd like to get in on the discussion, send us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. That's all one word. All right, here we go. Oh, come on. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. You're playing the game I started in 1969. Jesus wept. This isn't what happened last week. Have you all got amnesia? They just cheated us. to certain tropes in movies. The gay doesn't always need to be throwing glitter, the jock doesn't need an IQ of a five-year-old. This is all to say that what makes these tropes worth it is when the expectation is taken and changed to make something more fun. Take for instance a character in a wheelchair. Are they helpless like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Or worse yet, only worth a damn with the power of their legs? I'm looking at you Avatar and or Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors. Or how about we take the wheelchair, add a character who isn't defined by their mobility, and make a badass wheelchair motorbike riding hero instead. Hello GP, and welcome back to Cherry Pop Horror. What's your favourite werewolf trope? Uh, it would probably have to be the uh, transformations. The transformations. Yeah, it's always like a transformation scene. What's your favourite? Because I know um, American Werewolf. American Werewolf in London I haven't seen since I was a kid but that transformation scene in that always stuck in my head mm, it was uh, quite terrifying yeah like state of the art yeah but if it was like Rick Baker that did the effects for that they knew how to hide what they what they needed to but also like the bits that you saw added so much to make it look grotesque despite mm. the fact that you don't actually see everything it's great I love that sort of stuff yeah but, and, um, yeah and then there's always you know from maybe like a lesser budget type werewolf film felt oh, yeah. like a uh, tra- uh, transformation which is usually pretty shite <laughs> <laughs> pretty inventive like um oh, i don't know what movie it was i can't remember i do i have seen a werewolf thing where somebody like fell behind a sofa or something like that and then popped up and was werewolf <laughs> that <laughs> i think that's what got to be one of my favorites <laughs> yeah that's a good one uh, my favorite werewolf trope is the uh, the they eat hearts i love that as law i think that's fucking metal as hell right I think that's cool. Uh, I mainly know that from a couple of movies. I think it was this um, Anthony Hopkins movie that came out in like the twenty teens, but I can't remember what it was called. The Wolfman with Benicio del Toro. Oh, might have been in like Victorian England. Victorian England with Anthony Hopkins. That's all I remember about it. I think so. But I think it's them who like introduced the idea, and then I started watching Supernatural as a TV series, and they play on that as well. Mm. I just think it's. It's pretty metal and mm. pretty inventive as well. Right. I was thinking as well, like, uh, the Underworld films. They were oh, vampires. Yeah. And vampires werewolves. and wolves. Yeah. 
Yeah, we were talking about how there's there's not many werewolf movies. Mm. They're always there's a lot of werewolves in movies, but it's never never a werewolf movie. No, yeah, and I guess it's like you know, even with the uh, Twilight film, <laughs> it's more about the vampires than it was. It's always about the vampires. But then it's like, is there actually a feud between, you know, vampires and werewolves? Do they actually have some beef or... Like in law? I don't know. I don't don't think so. They'll go to Hotel Transylvania and just, you know, (laughs) put all that shit aside and, you know, hang out. Well, that that was um, Steve Buscemi was the werewolf in that, wasn't he? (laughs) In Hotel Transylvania? I can't remember. Steve Buscemi, the best of werewolves. I did. I had all the kids. Yes. Um, that brings us nicely into our movie because we are doing our fir- first werewolf movie. Hooray! This week we did uh, 1985 Silver Bullet. It began in May. And every month after that, whenever the moon was full, it happened again. And again. What was that? It's over there. Who looked at me? Nobody knew who or what was responsible. Come on. They only knew it had to be stopped. Now, from the master of mystery and suspense. Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet. The last glimmering hope. So we got our, this is a Stephen King movie. Mm, well, yes. I guess, oh, he did the screenplay. Right? Yes, uh, it was said, um, what, based on a novella by Stephen King. Yes, well, I actually brought that along today, too. Oh, did you? I do have a copy of it. Oh, so look at that! Because I was like, a Stephen King, but I hadn't heard of it. And well, I was that's... like, it's got to be a novella or something. Well, then. that's the thing, because it was like, when it started, I mean, because I, I have seen it before a long time ago. Mm. A few times. Um, but then I was like, because I was thinking I did have this in my bookshelf. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if it is an adaptation of that. And then it was like screenplay Stephen King, and it was like adapted from Cycle of the Werewolf. And I was like, oh, and you're like, okay, there it is. Yeah, it's all <laughs> it's all happening. Yeah, this week was uh, my first time watching it, and you've seen it before, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did try and catch you out by sending you like five or six movies that I thought you hadn't seen, and lo and behold, <laughs> none of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we open, uh, we get some great horror violins. I always love some horror violins, um, but then it's followed by some really weird twinkling noises. <laughs> it was very. Um, I can't... Uh, the theme, again, like, sounded familiar. Like, mm. It almost felt like a TV movie theme. Right, like they'd ripped it off or something. Well, or something else ripped it, it off. Just, it kind of... It had, like, a... Like, a warmness. Yeah. It had, like, a fairy tale-esque quality. And I was like... Yes. I was like, Labyrinth? Dark Crystal? Is that... Mm. <laughs> But then we had the gorgeous horror violins, and I kind of wish they just stuck to that. Yeah, well, that's yeah. I guess that's the thing is it's kind of like it's a little bit in a sense of it like calms you because the first kind of you know the murder yeah. happens right at the beginning, right? Yeah, we got it's our like, we got our opening kill, which is great. Um, kind of like you know 
kind of puts you at ease and then all of a sudden it's like boom and it's graphic as well, yeah it is know. it's very cool because i was almost in that thing of like mm, you know is this going to have the tv movie vibe or is it going to actually be quite gory yeah for the time or whatever but so yeah but yeah it's, yeah we, we got our first shot which is the the moon a full moon mm. great awesome um i saw i saw gary Busey's name pop up on the credits oh, yeah. and my note here just says gary Busey. what the fuck gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is he doing in this wow i mean he gets around he got <laughs> he, around <laughs> it just, uh, i was like okay i'll wait for that then um yeah, I just put the music sounds like a sounds like a soulful fantasy movie, like E.T. mixed with Dark Crystal or something yep. like that. And I was like, why does this sound so fantasy? Or it was, I guess it's to play on the like fairy tale aspect of werewolves, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess yeah. I, I don't yeah. really see werewolves <sighs> in the fairy tale sort of. But this, there's nothing else in this movie really plays on that kind of themes. It's a like straight up horror movie, so. Yeah, well, I mean, it just felt like an odd choice, and I don't know why. I'm, my music's big for me, like in movies. Like, if the, if you got the right piece of music, it adds so much. Especially for me, I'm such mm. a like audio um, audio person. Mm-hmm. So adding the right music really like changes how I feel about a movie or mm-hmm. a scene or whatever like that. And this just threw me off really hard, right? And I don't know why. <laughs> the twinkling. It was the twinkling. Exactly. Synth twinkling. Okay. So no. Uh, we see a man. He pulls along on what looks. He pulls along a railway track and some sort of railway car. Mm. It looks like a like a pickup truck, but attached to the railway. And I was like, "The fuck is this machine?" Yeah, see, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I've never seen one of these before. Like small town America, like you know, the rail yards. Another Stephen King trope, right? Small town, I, yeah. but fuck nowhere America. Was it, but was it Maine? Was it set in Maine? Oh, I don't know, actually. I didn't put down... I should have put down the name of the town. I was flicking through the book, and of course, yes, it's in Maine. Is it? I was like, yeah, well... Of course it is. It. Does every Stephen... Nearly every Stephen King book takes place in Maine, doesn't it? Yes, I don't know. It's, it's, it's his thing. I love a Stephen King book. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I love Stephen King books, too, but it's like... I don't know. I, don't, I actually haven't read all of them. No, <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard to read every Stephen King book. Jesus. Um, yeah, just I put it looks like a pickup uh, a pickup truck, but on rails. He's having himself a nice little drink. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so many movies we've done for this podcast start with someone very inebriated mm. operating heavy machinery. <laughs> yeah. um, we see something in the trees is uh, sort of watching him. Um, the man grabs some equi- equipment from his cart. Uh, this is when we get the little pop-up saying this is screenplay by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great. I love a good Stephen King. I have not been brave enough to tackle um, Maximum Overdrive yet. Well, which is... mean, have you seen the trailer for that? Yes. How he's all like, only Stephen King can direct Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King's one and only directorial yeah. piece. I mean, to be honest, like I know we're not talking about that film, but that movie is terrible. But it's I've heard got awful. a few really good scenes of it to be honest you know even with a bad movie there's plenty to talk about so yeah exactly and apparently it was uh filmed on a lot of cocaine i mean that makes it great just on that you know (laughs) it's just pure cocaine i've read the short story because i i got given a hardback copy of one of his you know um collections of novellas and short stories and shit like that and one of them was that and i was like oh oh this is what that Awful movies based on. Right, yeah. And the short story is okay. Yeah. It's not anything to write home about. But anyway, um, the the man from his uh, pickup 
railway car thing makes his way down the tracks and um, sort of sees something or hears something in the trees. Um, he finds a footprint, footprint in the dirt, a very large footprint in the dirt. Um, and as he looks up, is beheaded in a single mm. swipe. Yes. This is the old evil dead. <laughs> it's so easy to behead people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an awesome kill. Mm. Absolutely awesome. Well, I guess it's, yeah. I mean, that's sort of, you know, the ferocity of and the strength of the werewolf. The werewolf. Um, so powerful, it'll punch your head off. It's the 80s, man. People's heads just fell off. <laughs> I mean, we did Reanimator. Uh, that was your first episode. Yes. And that at least had, like, the shovel dig, where it was like, yeah. you put the shovel in and then pressed on it. And I'm like, that's, yeah, I can see that working. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's that's what makes these, these things so great. I mean, it's like when you see real violence and you mm. see things, it's horrific. And it's like... You know, but it's just in horror movies, it's it's ridiculous. It's over yeah. the top. Yeah, know, it's not a it's... head flying across the screen. With... You're supposed to um, suspend your disbelief mm. just to enjoy and have a good time. Yeah, I mean, we're dealing yeah. with I werewolves. Mean, would you really just want to like see the werewolf like grab someone, like put him on the ground and gnaw on his gnaw on his neck for like a good hour? <laughs> You know, you moved on, fucking like you know, the but, yeah, yeah. And then you know, eventually get its head off. You'd be, that'd be the fucking whole movie. <laughs> Just watching this wolf man yeah. gore this one man. No, it's one swipe, and the man is dead. We cut to a barber shop. They hear a lot. Uh, they hear a long howl, <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to the guy in the, who works at the gas station, and. <laughs> Yeah, and we just cut between these two groups of people. I was like, "Are these people important?" No, not really. Well, they're townsfolk. They're just they're just townsfolk. Yeah, I'll they'll, they'll come into it. They come in. They go. You know, they <laughs> I think go. I got their names eventually. I, although I don't think I got anyone from the barbershop's name. I did get the guy who works at the gas station because he interacts with our main character later. Mm. But um, Ernie, who is the railway man who just got beheaded, uh, was known as a chronic drunk. Oh. People came to the conclusion that he was probably working on the tracks. He got too drunk, he passed out, and the train ran him over. The morning train ran him over, yep. and that's what killed him. It's a common occurrence in <laughs> those days. In I mean, it was the eighties, small town America. <laughs> oh, it reminds me of what Hot Fuzz, where it's just like, oh, she she fell and she she tripped and fell on her shears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the level of like. Uh, I don't know, the, the townsfolk in this are pretty good. They catch on. Mm. Pretty, uh, was it after the second death? They're like, oh, there's a murderer about. Mm. And I'm like, oh, it's pretty quick. Yeah. Usually it takes four or five before somebody's like, you know, someone in a horror movie's like, hmm, maybe we should look into this. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we should call the police. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we see people heading to what looks like a fair. We see there's a band, some tents, lots of baked goods. And this just reminded, reminded me of home. Mm. This reminded me of back in England when you go to like, your primary school fate or whatever like that and they have ring toss and you know yep. what's the name down the road would make jam and you could buy a pot uh, a pot of jam or whatever like that it's, yeah it's real like small town mm. i would do it at my daughter's school at egg day oh really yeah same sort of thing oh, love that sort of thing it's fun it's yeah. cute um except it's on the fucking weekend <laughs> oh was it <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay attention. <laughs> well, I should be on a fucking school. Yeah, get the kids out of school. <laughs> anyway, um, everyone is called as the Reverend makes a speech. Uh, we see a teenage girl leave. Um, this is uh, sort of oh, second. Wait, no, second she's, is she narrating it by now? She that, is. That was she starts narrating. Yeah, I got to it. I think about halfway through that, and she starts up again. 
Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, that's right. It was narrated. <laughs> that's right. Because it's so weird because her brother is like the main character. Yeah. But she's the one narrating it. So you're like, wait, how do you know all this shit that he did on his own? Because you weren't there. Well, she, he must and have told her the story after. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, yeah, she started narrating and she's like, it all happened in a, in a spring in 1980, yeah. whatever. 1988. <laughs> yeah. Three? At first I didn't believe him, but then... <laughs> I had to. Shit yes. happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it kind of caught me. I was like, oh, because it was it, that's what gave me like the the TV movie vibe. Oh, yes, because it was almost like 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 um when they did The Strand as like a TV series. That was I haven't seen it, but I was going to say like uh it the original it. Oh yeah, yeah, with um Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like it's almost like they made this as a TV movie with the gore, and then like when oh now fuck it, let's just put all the gore in. And they're like, oh, we'll, we'll release it on cassette. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they've got a theatrical release. A release. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Because, I mean, it's just like, you know, Corey Haim, Gary Busey. It's got some seems big... Seems like a, a match made in heaven for the time. It's got some fairly big names in with, like, Stephen King and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's got the feeling that it was, like, a TV release. Yeah. And then eventually got a, a a cassette out and then eventually a DVD and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I thought I thought this teenage girl was going to be our main character. Yeah. Um, she's basically told to look after her brother, who's called Marty. This is Jane, Jane and Marty, who are siblings. And as she's walking away, she's like, Marty's a booger. And I'm yeah. like... She keeps calling people boogers. Eh? It's so weird. It feels so unnatural. I'm like, is this just what kids were like in the 80s? Mm. I mean, I can deal with that. Um, we see Marty playing with a snake. Uh, his friend wants to play a prank. Yeah, his um, friend. His, his friend. He's kind of a dick. Yeah, he's total dick. Like, this entire movie, like, he has no redeeming seconds. No, exactly. Not no, a single we'll redeeming second. We'll to it a bit later, but I have really... I've got something to say about that guy. <laughs> You've got issues with this yeah, fucking I kid. Yeah, I do. It's like this guy. Um, so his friend wants to play a prank. They scare uh, Marty's sister, Jane, as she's, um, as she's looking for him, with the snake dangled from a tree. Brady's mm. climbed the tree, and he's dangling the snake in front of her, and... Um, it gives her a fall, and this is the fakest fall I one of one of the fakest falls I've ever seen. She just she turns around and face plants into a puddle. Yeah. It's so funny. It puts me in mind of um Child's Play, 1988 Child's mm-hmm. Play, when uh, it right at the beginning of the movie where where um where the guy gets shot and then falls into all the Chucky dolls, and he literally turns around and face plants and then drags his hands across the tr- It reminded me of that, like it, People didn't know how to fall properly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we learn that Marty is wheelchair-bound. Mm. Um, Brady, uh, who is Marty's friend, mocks Jane and throws the snake at her, so she falls backwards into the puddle as well and gets her skirt all, all muddied up. Mm. Um, Marty apologizes because he knows it's gone too far. I'm like, okay, Marty seems like a decent kid. Brady, you're a bit of a dick, man. Yeah, Brady, what's up? You know, <laughs> Just... Like scaring her once, okay, yeah. You yeah. realize she doesn't like it, and then you do it again just yeah. to be an asshole. Be a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Jane leaves, understandably upset. Uh, Marty has to go as. Um, oh, Marty has a go at Brady for being so mean. Mm. He's like, dude, that's my sister. Stop being such an ass. I wonder if this is the. T- the like, because they're on the like 12, 13 year olds, you know, those hormones are starting to kick in. I wonder if this is a thing, you know, like. Where you see a pretty girl and then you you pick on them. 
Yeah, I think so, but I think it's more so the fact that it's like, you know, eh, your sister, your older sister, man. Because, mm. I mean, before uh, she gets pranked, I'm pretty sure you can see her at some point showing off her dress to a couple of older boys. Oh, yes, yes, she does. She's talking with um, a couple of sexy so I boys. I think it's just like, you know, adolescent little brother and his stupid friend. Like, yeah. They torment each other, you know, mm. siblings or whatever. But it, I don't know, Marty's heart doesn't seem to be in it. He seems like a pretty good kid, especially as as it progresses throughout the film. Yeah, like, like, I, I definitely think that the friend is the main influence. In the, yeah. But, you know. It's you okay, know, he doesn't like last that, long. Like, <laughs> boys will be boys like they'll stick together and torment yeah you know he's like it's not cool and it's not until it's all happened that he's like oh, hey actually that wasn't that good of you to do that <laughs> it's literally yeah. the definition of like a bad influence yeah because marty would not do the shit on his own yeah. um we see jane in a bush clearing herself off um, a random couple comes over on the other side of the bush and starts arguing about whose baby it is or something like that. <laughs> the man says the man refuses to help and leaves the woman crying on a bench. It's your oven and it ain't my bun bacon in there was the line. And I was like, that's a <laughs> I kinda like that line. Yeah. It's really like I don't think anyone would actually say it. Uh, it was so like again, like TV movie. Mm. Like um it would go over like a, a, a young kid's head, someone saying that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's just that it's got this weird vibe. It's, in this it's such a weird film. Anyway, mm. we, we cut to Marty uh, and Jane and the rest of the family in the car. Mum gives Jane a really hard time for not forgiving Marty as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Jane hates that they always take his side just because he's crippled, she says. Mum mm. threatens to slap her unless she stops. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's right. We're in that period of um, yeah. of child development. Your child's uh, not behaving, you just smack him. Yeah, it's like you <laughs> kind of wonder how Marty became crippled, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this is why he behaves himself now. Yeah, it's like, Marty's already got a crib. I'll slap you and give you a lift. You know, like... <laughs> Oh my god. It just caught me so off guard as well because they're just like, now you you be nice to your brother. You forgive him. He said he was sorry. And she's like, you always take a sign. She's like, if you don't stop, I'm going to slap you. And I was just like, whoa. Whoa. Even the dad was just like, whoa, hey. Yeah. Honey, maybe not. Took his eyes off the road for a little bit, you know? I just said, Marty looks so uncomfortable, like he knows he should be in trouble and is really sorry that Jane is like having it taken out on her. So, yeah, they arrive at home. Gorgeous house. Mm. That house is fucking huge. Yeah. It's like one of those, um, I don't know, like country mansions, I guess mm. they used to call them, eh? Just this massive house in the middle of the country. Like, the, the, I don't know where their neighbours are, but they're not nearby. Yeah. They've got to have a lot of land and shit. They unpack the car as Jane helps Marty out. Um, I love the little wheelchair trailer they've got attached to the back of the car as well. <laughs> it's, it's so cute. Well, that's because we forgot to mention that he that he does have the motorized wheelchair. He does have a motorized wheelchair. Yeah, because and... it's not until he gets to the house, house that he has a wheelchair wheelchair. Yes. But he's got some, like, I mean, I was thinking about this, because mm. like, even, you know, later when he gets his upgrade. And, yeah, you know, he gets a full-on upgrade. Um, like, you wouldn't be able to put that on the road, and you wouldn't... You'd, you know, although then I was thinking, and I then, was like, you'd probably need a helmet, but then I was like, oh, well, they don't need to wear a helmet. Back in the 80s, no. Well, even in some states, you don't need mm. a helmet. 
And you've got to think, like, if they're not if not, not using the right wheels, then you, you hit a pebble and that thing's tipping over, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> now, the thing was, too, man, is that when he, he does get his upgrade, he's fucking fanging it. He yes! I know, right? Cars. And that's why I was, like, going, is this thing, like, a registered vehicle? Because like, yeah, at the moment, he's got a little motorized car. It's got some sort of engine on the back or something like that. Yeah. And it's enough to sort of chug him along so he doesn't have to he doesn't have to wheel himself <laughs> which is great I mean awesome yeah but I just you know road safety yeah <laughs> it's not a thing we live in uh, they live in butt fuck nowhere in America so <laughs> um, they talk, they sort of mention an Uncle Red who's a chronic drunk apparently he's getting divorced again drunk uncle and I was like is this and I was like is this the guy from the opening who got beheaded is, was that uncle <laughs> Because I was like, he was a chronic drunk as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, are they, are they, have they not found out that he's dead? But no, it's not him. There's no. just a second chronic drunk in this yeah. movie. It's fine. This is the second drunk to replace the first drunk. <laughs> yeah. We must have, <laughs> we must have a, a local drunk. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, one's passed away, so another one has to come in to replace them. Um, we skip to nighttime. There's a knock on Jane's door. Marty rolls himself in and um, puts his like pocket money on Jane's table so she can go buy herself some new some new pantyhose. Pantyhose. That's pantyhose. Right. Um, these two are, ador- are adorable. It's just really cute. She's just like, um, oh, it only costs like a buck twenty or something like yeah, that. So you can you can take the rest. Thanks, Marty. So you know they have a pretty good relationship. I think um, we see we sort of get the understanding that Marty looks up to his uncle in some sort of way, despite of everything that he does, despite mm. the fact that he drinks, despite the fact that like this is they mentioned that this is like fourth divorce or something like that. Something like that, yeah. He's been divorced many times. Um, next scene, we get an old woman playing piano. Uh, upstairs, we see the crying woman from the park. Yes. Uh, um, she pours out uh, a bottle of pills, mm. grabs a handful, and chugs them. That's right. <laughs> yes. yes. She, she just chugs all these pills uh, while something outside is sort of watching the house. Mm. Um, she says, suicides go to hell, especially if they're pregnant, and I don't even care. Hmm. And uh, this, this is another one of my pet peeves. I hate I hate vilifying suicide instead of seeing it as like tragic or mm. like upsetting or like, you know, this person needs comfort or help or something like that. Just mm. going, oh, you know, suicide's got to hell. Yeah. It's just like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. they needed help, not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't turn them into a villain for it. Yeah. Um, anyway, the creature outside approaches the house. It climbs the trellis up to the second floor, goes to the window. Um, she sees, uh, she turns around because she hears something and sees it just as it breaks through the window and we sort of get a very quick look at what our werewolf mm. looks like. It doesn't look too bad. Mm. I've seen worse. Yeah. I've, yeah. <laughs> I've seen... I, I've seen better, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's alright. Yeah. The face looks good. I think yeah. the face looks really good. The body looks a bit iffy. Yeah, just from you know, different angles. You mm. know, like, yeah, I don't know. And it feels like at points that makeup completely changes as well. <laughs> I think it's just like, yeah, it's probably... It, kind of is probably quite detailed and what have you but I think because there's a lot of fast movement and mm. action you don't really get to soak in what it looks, what it looks like. like yeah and it just looks like a I mean we do get a couple of close ups of like it's face and those are pretty good the face mm. looks real good um, with it's like extended um, muzzle and the, the actual like hair and everything like that looks naturally grown it doesn't look like somebody's just sort of super glued some hair onto someone so yeah it's not mm. bad it's yeah. not bad the old lady from downstairs um, 
That's right. Here's she and must be the mother. She must be the the crying lady's mother or yeah. auntie or some sort of relative. She she runs off. I thought she was running upstairs, but she doesn't. She runs to the other room. Um, the woman and the werewolf fight. We get uh, a close up of the werewolf's eyes as well, which glow red, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy with this. This looks nice. Uh, it slashes at her, uh, and then we realize that the old lady is grabbing a gun. That's where she ran off to. I think she goes to like the parlor or something yeah. like that. Because I was like, "Why are you not running upstairs? Your your daughter or whatever screaming like." <laughs> Maybe hurry. Get old Betsy. <laughs> old double barrel shotgun. Yeah, it's like, this is the middle of nowhere. Of course she has a gun. Get that varmint. <laughs> the old lady enters the room upstairs only to find the crying woman on the bed clawed to death. Mm. Pretty cool. Yeah. I, there was a great um, great shot here because you she's lulling on the bed, her head over the side of it, mm. and then blood all the way down from her neck all the way down her body. And then on the other side, you just see the the old lady as she comes in the door with mm. the gun. It's great little vignette, great little yes. moment. Um, and then we... She screams? She... But just before she dies. Oh, no, the old the lady old screams. Lady screams. Yeah, the old lady screams. Pretty good scream. Yeah. It's a decent <laughs> scream. <laughs> oh, my God. It wasn't that. <laughs> Damn critter. Damn critter got my daughter. She she does a great scream, and we cut to the sheriff's office as the sheriff is having having some sort of heated phone call with someone. That's right. Yes, I remember this bit. <laughs> That's right. And he tells him, right. He well, why don't you just fuck off? And yeah. then the deputy comes and is like, well, if you wanted his help, maybe you shouldn't have told him to fuck off. And he's like, well, <laughs> yeah. The, the guy, the deputy says, maybe it wasn't such a good idea telling him to fuck off. And the sheriff is just like, That's why I waited until he hung up. Mm. <laughs> I was like, why is this so funny? It's funny, but it made me just like, oh, he's a pussy. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like, this, this is, not... is a sheriff that, you know... Doesn't want to fight. Yeah, like, he's kind of just like, he's like a pushover. Mm. Which, I guess, throughout the movie, it's pretty accurate. Like, he doesn't... When there's conflict, he just sort of bows his head and mm. somebody else takes over. It's Yeah. Well, it's just like, yeah, everyone gets riled up. And he's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay, I'll, I, guess you're, right. I guess you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Vigilante justice is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's right. What was it called? Um, oh, I don't. I do have it written down. What do they call it? That was, I was just like, it's local, awesome. local justice, local. Oh. I've got it written down. We'll get to it. We'll get to it because I do yeah. have it written down. <laughs> was like, it's, it's an awesome. It would be make an awesome band name. Oh really? Yeah, like whatever it was. Whatever they call it. Because um, yeah. I was almost like they should have called the movie that. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I know silver, silver bullet's pretty good because of the double meaning, but we'll get to that as yeah, well. Yeah, then I was almost like drunk uncle saves the day, you know, like I was just, you know, <laughs> he gets his redemption. Private justice, private justice. That yeah. was it. Yes, yes, it was, which is basically vigilante justice, but yeah, yeah they, they, private, justice. private justice. Sounds like like early superhero comic name. <laughs> This movie was just like for me, like it was like South Park. It was just, really? yeah, well, it was <laughs> just fucking funny. In the butt, a private justice, Captain America, and private justice. justice. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, we cut to a bar. We see the uh, we see the deputy and a man at the bar. Um, I do have his name. It's like Andy or Angus or something like that. Um, they're having an argument because the, the man thinks that the sheriff is incompetent. Oh, yeah, yep. Uh, the barman is the guy from Reservoir Dogs. This is when I spotted him and I was like, I know you. Yep. Um, 
He breaks up the fight with his baseball bat, baseball bat, mm. which is just labelled the peacemaker on the side. I was like, cool. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, that was like a, a memorable bit. Yeah, and this this bat comes up like six or seven times in the movie. So great. Mm. We have a like um, recognizable weapon. Yeah, which is great. Uh, we see Marty zipping along on in his motorized wheelchair. Um, his friends call him the Silver Bullet, and I was like, "Oh, that's why it's called that." I assumed it was Silver Bullet because that's what kills a werewolf. Mm. Well, then, well, it uh, kind of is. <laughs> but also, his wheelchair is the Silver Bullet. Mm. Cool, I like that. It's it feels right for kids, which is what Stephen King's always done really well: is writing kids and. True. Wow. I mean, even just thinking about it now, like I was at, like uh, the kid in that has his bike, silver, silver from yeah. um, Lone Ranger, right? Yeah, Lone Ranger. Yeah, reference from Lone Ranger in this one as well. Yes, Uncle Red does mm. right near the end of the movie, I think. Yes, um, it's all connected. <laughs> it's, it's all connected. <laughs> in the same dimension. You know that poster with all the fucking <laughs> with all the what, bits of thread going across it, trying to explain. <laughs> The Stephen King universe. Yeah. Um, Marty says his uncle is making him a new wheelchair, apparently. Um, an they, upgrade. An upgrade. Yeah. Mm. They see the police at the crying woman's house who was killed last night. Oh, that's right. Yep. As they're like wheeling out the body. Uh, Marty taking a girl home from school. Tammy. Tammy. Is it Tammy? I yeah, forgot her name. Sure it's taking Tammy or whatever like that yeah. home from school. It's this like um, school crush, I think. Yeah, wow, well, yeah. I mean, because they're, they're doing something beforehand, aren't they? Isn't he watching them play baseball? He's watching kids play baseball? No, that's a bit later. I think he's just hanging out with his friends and then. Because that's when um, he's being stalked. Oh. So this is right. This is way earlier than that. Oh. I think he's just. He's talking with his friends and then it just. That's when they call him, like, the silver bullet, and then it just cuts to him and the girl walking home. Right. Tammy. Tammy. <laughs> Come here, Tammy. Um, <laughs> she says she hears weird noises from the abandoned shack slash greenhouse. Mm-hmm. I thought it was two different buildings, and then I realized it was one. Because I thought it was a shack, and then there was, like, a greenhouse next door. Right. But apparently they're connected, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize until later. Um, she kisses him goodbye um, as the girl's dad is calling her. Calling her, Tammy, Tammy, get your ass in here. Tammy. <laughs> and then we get this dad is just fucking well, he's awful. obviously an alcoholic as well. All the yeah, dads are alcoholics. We've got our third chronic alcoholic. Um, this guy it? was like again like straight out of South Park. It like, really was. Yeah. It was so stereotypical like <laughs> asshole because his line is damn cripples always end up on welfare. I'd electrocute them all just to balance the goddamn budget. <laughs> and then he one walks back inside. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, like that's harsh. Man. I was like, wow. Damn, that's some like hardcore beliefs. Mm. <laughs> Luckily he's been drinking. He's he's clearly drunk. I don't yeah. think there is ever a state when he's not drunk. Mm. He's but then it's just like, man, it's like, well, no wonder, like, you're not working and, you know, like... <laughs> I bet he's on welfare, too. Oh, yeah, I bet. Uh, Marty heads home. Luckily, he doesn't hear <laughs> doesn't hear Tammy's dad because... Tammy! Tammy! <laughs> it's so funny the way he says that. It's really yeah, good. Like, get his ass, Tammy! Tammy, get his dad! Get your ass in that! <laughs> um... Marty heads home, but is running out of gas on his on his um, wheelchair. He stops off at the gas station, and um, he and I think the gas station attendant's name is Cuts. 
I thought it was Gus, but it's I think it's Cuts. Okay. Um, but they get along. They have a quick, quick chat. So they clearly know each other. There's some sort of oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. I remember now. Because he's like he's like oh do you want the do you want the windshield cleaned and the... <laughs> yeah yeah a little joke with him didn't he? Yeah, and they both smile and have a laugh, and then he he fills up his his wheelchair for him. Uh, we cut back at home uh, where we see Uncle Red for the first time. Marty and Uncle Red, uh, Uncle Red hang out, and there's Gary Busey. There he is. There he is. Drunk Uncle. Gary. <laughs> Drunk Uncle. What's his name? Red. Red. Uncle Red. Uncle Red. Uncle Red. And they're playing poker. Yep. Um, he's got half a bottle. Of he's got not even. It's not even like a glass of whiskey. No, he's, he's just got the full-on fucking bottle. bottle. <laughs> Drunk Uncle. We see Nan, which is Marty's mum, mm. and Uncle Red clearly don't get along. We learn that they are brother and sister, and we get this sort of idea that Nan's sort of like disappointed in the way he's he's turned out, I guess, because mm. he's he's a drunk. We get the idea that he's got to be somewhat like pretty competent though, because he builds fucking engines and stuff like that. Yeah, so, well, maybe he's just like you know he's a heavy drinker because he works for the government or something, and he. Mm. I mean, we don't know. We don't really get too much into his background, but. No, I mean, I, I mean, you know, because I mean, if his marriages aren't working out, he's drinking. It's like the only thing that could really get him to that would probably be his job. Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. It's kind of sad, and I, I kind of wish we got a bit more of his backstory because he, he has a uh, very specific love for Marty, mm. which is great. It's very, very wholesome. But um, Nan thinks he's a bad influence on him because of the drinking and the poker and the swearing and all that kind of stuff like that. That's right. He's swearing. He swears like a sailor. Um, Marty heads to bed and Nan tells Red to stop drinking around Marty. Um, she says that they're worried about Marty giving up. Hmm. Which is so sad. Not that... Because Marty does not give off that kind of feel at all. No, exactly. That's right. Uncle Red like, realises that. He's just like, you know, that kid's got more more give than... Yeah, he's got more personality. He's yeah, like, yeah. that's right, he gives his little speech about, like, you know, Marty's more than his wheelchair. You need to yeah. actually look at him and look at the person he is, not just at the wheelchair. And I'm like, yes, yeah. you tell him, Uncle Red. You tell him, drunk uncle. But also, stop drinking around him, maybe. <laughs> maybe not, man. It's drunk uncle. <laughs> yeah. Fun drunk uncle. Yeah. Who gave him a motorized wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, we cut back to, to Tammy's dad. Tammy. Tammy's dad, he's drunk and watching WWE wrestling or oh, yeah, whatever the, the 80s NWA. equipment. It was the NWA. Is that what it was back yeah. in the 80s? I was wondering what it was because it's it was like, like. It's the original, original OG, I believe. Was it always the same company and they just like kept changing? Because now that they used to be what? The WWF and then the WWE. And there's something like the, the NWA is still going and I believe. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but I had a conversation with a friend that's really into wrestling. Right. knows all, all the histories and stuff. I don't. I don't follow it at I, all. I don't follow wrestling at um, all either. You know, I know of a few wrestlers and things, but um, I'm pretty sure that he said Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins is actually bought into the NWA because he is a big wrestling fan. Oh, really? And I even found, like, traveling through America, that wrestling is huge, heaps of people. Yeah, I hear in America it's pretty big. Yeah. I know um, the indie wrestling circuit in the UK is pretty big as well. And then you have all, like, you know, the 
Oh, Luchadore? Luchadore. Is that what it's like called? A, I don't know. Man. I can't remember. With, with, with the masks and everything. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. all that shit. It's all fucking real popular. But yeah, from what I remember when I was watching this movie, that they had MWA on the ring, and I was like, oh, did it? Some fucking I was not paying attention. Shit, so. He's watching wrestling and he's fucking screaming at the TV, you know, yeah, yeah, smash his face in. Get the chair. Get the chair. And here's a noise from outside. Um, that we we sort of see the the shack slash greenhouse outside shake a little bit. Uh, he gets up to to you know deal with it mm. and just grabs a gun from a gun rack that's like attached to the wall. There's about four guns on it. I know. There's like four or five rifles mm. in it, and he's like, "Oh, I'll just take this one." <laughs> he loads it with a single bullet because he thinks that's all he needs. It's like a, a buckshot assault. He says. Mm. So I guess it's. Um, he d- he's just expecting like kids to be fucking around in his backyard or something like that and he's going to go shoot them with rock salt to yeah. teach him a lesson because yeah. <laughs> he's a responsible adult and definitely not drunk uh, so he, he heads outside he goes into the greenhouse he finds a whole lot of broken pots everywhere um, some clothes as well mm-hmm. which I thought would be like part of the mystery I was like oh ooh, are we going to have to spend some time figuring out whose clothes these were mm-hmm. and like you know who's the werewolf um, not really. Not not at all. No. Um, I don't think these clothes have anything to do with it, in fact. Um, I don't even remember, to be honest. It, like, pans over, like, a cardigan or something like that. And I was like, ooh, I wonder who's cardigan. Is it going to turn out that, like, Jane is the werewolf and she didn't know? I don't know. Hmm. But he, he walks up some steps in the greenhouse as something watches him through the stairs as he's going up, which is very cool. Probably the wolf. It's probably a wolf. <laughs> um, as he's walking upstairs, the werewolf follows him from underneath, which is very cool as well. So you just get this shot from underneath the floorboards, and you're just seeing drunk what's his face walking. Around. Drunk <laughs> dad. Think, does he have a name? I don't know. Drunk dad. Drunk dad. Drunk uncle. <laughs> drunk dad. <laughs> drunk and drunk dead guy. <laughs> yeah, drunk dead guy. <laughs> Timmy's dead. Timmy's Tem- dead. Timmy's dad's Timmy's walking. Dead. A, we get a great shot from underneath um, as the werewolf's sort of um, tracking him along. Mm. Um, he hears a noise behind him and turns around and shoots his one shot and just smashes a pot. Yeah. One of those little hanging pots. And then the whole greenhouse shakes. I don't know what this is. I don't... Do they ever explain what the, the shaking is? Because this is I like... Guess I'm just imagining that it's the werewolf holding like, onto, like, the floorboards and shaking the whole... Shaking the whole house. I guess, because he pops up through the floor. He does he? pop up yeah. through the floor. But I, mean, I was like... Is... It felt like an earthquake, though. Like, everything was... There's this, this things that I've seen, like, I'm even thinking of, like, a Friday the 13th, where it's, like, a kid is in an outhouse, or a guy and a girl are in, like, a, you know, hmm. like a fucking long drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jason's either outside or something's outside, but the whole thing shakes and, like, freaks them out. Like, yeah. It's like that whole sort of... It's just a horror horror thing. Horror trope, yeah. Yeah. Like just like, it's got a shake. It doesn't really need a... It's like a moment of calm, and then bang, you jump scare, or... Which is exactly what happens. The shaking stops, and then the floorboards break, and the man is pulled down. It's not only that he's pulled down, and we just get, like, a scream. He's pulled down and impaled on the yes. broken floorboard. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And I was like, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, before he eventually gets dragged beneath the floor. Mm. Um... Next, we switch to some guys. Um, I think they're in, like, the cafe, the local cafe, or the, what are they called? Diner. Mm-hmm. The local diner, discussing um, the, the newspaper. There's been another death. Um, the mayor asks the sheriff for leads. He says he doesn't have any yet. 
Um, and every we sort of get a mini montage of everyone sort of locking themselves in their in their houses. Mm. There's now a curfew in effect or whatever That's like right. that. It's like everyone like rushing home from work. Yeah, parents grabbing their kids and locking the doors <laughs> and stuff like that. Curfew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we see Marty climbing a tree. I'm like, damn, that upper body strength, man. Well, that's what I was saying, because that's why I was going to bring up his fucking friend. Like, obviously, Marty's kite. Yes. He's got stuck in the tree, and his fuckwit friend <laughs> won't even go up the tree for him. Like, go, here, hold my kite that I've got working perfectly well in the wind. Yeah. And I'll climb up in the tree and get your fucking kite. Yeah. It's not a case of, like... He he's in a wheelchair, and you know you need to pity him and do everything for him. Yeah, it's up a fucking tree. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's what I was saying. I was like, There's no way he could get up that tree. Like, yeah, you know, this kid is just I don't know bench pressing a hundred. Like, <laughs> but then I just thought instantly when that when when he was in the because I was like, how the fuck is like is he? Is this yeah, because like he just see him pulling himself up, and then he sits on the branch, and yeah. I'm just like, how far up is he? Like, Jesus Christ. I was like, is he actually crippled or has he got like some sort of mental illness where he believes he's got his I don't know, he does work? some he does some crazy shit with his <laughs> upper body strength as well. I got notes here for later, but like Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he climbs up a tree. But um, his fucking friend. That's what I was gonna say earlier. His fucking friend is a piece of shit. Piece of shit. Like <laughs> he's just gonna yeah. and it's like he's just like minding his own business, like looking at his kite. Like he's not even not even like checking on him in case he falls out of the exactly. fucking tree. Like, yeah, I was just say that guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, and this is his moment to this is... die. <laughs> yeah, so... this is the great moment where you're like, die, little fucker. Also, he's already a piece of shit, and now I like want this little fucker to die. Yeah, you know? it's not often in movies where you look at the kids and go, I kind of want him to die. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, usually becoming a parent, and I can't usually watch kids die on right. the screen. Mm. But this fucker, I was like, take him. <laughs> He's fucked. That's my kid. I'd be like, yeah, take yeah, just take him over there. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking the other way. Just yeah, do it. He's fucked. Um, but yeah, uh, Marty climbs this tree to get his kite. Jane arrives to tell him to get him for dinner. Um, Jane sort of mentions that you know she got the blame for the fact that he wasn't there for dinner. So again, we're seeing Mum was kind of. Yeah, but then I was just like, really? Or are you just saying that, Jane? I know. I think the mum's doing it. Mm. Based on that reaction in the car earlier. True. Like, I totally believe this mum is just like taking out all the frustrations on her poor daughter and it's just like, oh, Marty did a thing wrong. Jane, it's your fault. Slap. <laughs> um, yeah, just parents are really taking advantage of this this poor girl yeah. who's trying to live her life and like it's just like no you need to take care of your brother yeah do it or I'll slap you yeah basically <laughs> don't complain <laughs> um, she helps him out of the tree and they head home leaving Brady to his kite uh, we cut back to the bar um, Andy which is the guy who was complaining about the cops not doing their jobs well enough Andy it's Andy I thought it was, I was like is it Andy or Angus I couldn't he's, remember yeah is he the dude with like the chops yeah he's yeah, the one with the mutton chops yeah he's yeah, private justice <laughs> he's, he continues to complain about the sheriff um, he says he's as, as efficient as a submarine with a screen door and I'm like I really like that line <laughs> that, that cracks me up that's an old joke <laughs> what a great line and I think that's the first time I've ever heard that really yeah <laughs> I've heard like as useless as a condom to a nun and stuff mm. like that but I never had screen door in a submarine right that's pretty good I like that I'm gonna use that sometime <laughs> um Deputy Peter loses his cool now I think he's had a couple of drinks um they're about to fight when um Brady's father enters oh yes 
Who's he? He, hey, he was um, I, he was hamming it up. Big time. Oh yeah, this guy. So he was trying to steal all the scenes. Yes, yes, he was. He's in like he's in like a suit, so he looks like he's probably like an accountant or something mm. like that. He's got the, he's got that haircut where it's like it's bold for ninety percent, and then you've got that rim of hair that goes around. At that point, I might do just shave it. It's almost like Lobot from uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. I'm like then he almost he almost had like a Picard look, the the. Uh... His name that old guy Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah, he had but, that same sort of head. But I don't know. Patrick Stewart makes it work. This guy, I think, it's because this guy's hair wasn't white, and he had the moustache. Yes, he had a very bad moustache. He was a very strange looking man, but he was hamming it up every scene. He was, he was like, <laughs> he was killing it as all. I don't like to like put the actor down or anything like that, but whew, mm. he was, he was ham and then cheese and the whole fucking sandwich. Yeah, it was. He was. He was. <laughs> feeling it but he came in and he's, he just he, he gets the attention of the whole bar and he's like I can't find my son has anyone seen my son Brady it's almost like he's gonna do like break into song has anyone found my son <laughs> grab someone by the shoulder and be like have you seen him um, yeah he's fucking having it up man. yeah <laughs> um, Sheriff finds Brady's kite uh, it's covered in blood. Mm, fresh blood. Fresh like blood. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's dripping. Like dripping. It's like, let's not put it in an evidence bag or anything. We'll no, just, he's just carrying yeah, it along the park. Dripping all over. Like, maybe you should have left it left it where it was, taking a picture. No? No? Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And then finds the body in a gazebo. We don't actually get a look at this body. Dead child. You don't, you don't, nah. yeah, just, nah. you don't see that kind of thing. Unless it's a Lars von Trier film or something, but. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm trying to think now. Do you ever see, you see like ghost kids, but you never see like the body? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it was really? even like in Jaws, like when that kid gets eaten on the Lilo, mm. there was a scene of like just the kid and the shark coming up and fucking yeah. engulfing it, but they took that out. Oh um, really? Yeah. Ah, okay. Because um, yeah, because I, I remember that death scene. You just see it from the beach, don't you? And he just kind of flails, and then you see the blood, mm. and that's it. But so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like I just—it's a, it's a horror taboo, maybe. Maybe I just don't think I've ever witnessed child death on only screen in trauma films. Mm. So there's that one Beware Children at Play, where it's like the whole last 15 minutes of that film it's just like these parents just massacring these kids mm. in horrific ways I've seen uh, it I've seen it like once or twice there was a movie we watched for for Christmas last year um, Sean and I sat down and watched um, Better Watch Out yeah because we decided we're Christmas gonna one. we're gonna watch a different Christmas horror every year as well as Krampus because Krampus is our just tradition yeah but we, we watched Better Watch Out and one the one of the kids in that who's like 12 dies yeah, on screen isn't it yeah. yeah yeah he gets like shotgunned in the chest that's right twice and dies on screen so mm. i think that's like one of the only times you ever see it but anyway yeah they, they don't even show the body most movies will at least show you the, like the child's body sometimes yeah but... i don't know i'm just like really just trying to think and i just i can't think of any movie where i mean later films like yes but mm. especially in the 80s like I don't yeah the 80s and fully... 70s to the 90s maybe like I'm probably before, but I haven't seen that many movies from before the 70s, so I can't really make a judgment on that. But, like, it just feels like it's real taboo. Like, it's not something you, you put on. It's, like, uh, indecent even for a mm. horror movie. Yeah. I don't which, know. which makes sense, I yeah. guess. But we, we get the idea that, like, the body's in some sort of state. Like, mm. a fucking Torn bad state. Yeah. yeah. Brady's father Gun arrives Brady. and continues to ham it up as he runs to the body and... 
Oh my god! Oh my god! That's my right. son. <laughs> He's been. Yeah, that was. That's right. He looks. He goes and checks it out. He's all like, Yeah, the and um, the sheriff's trying to hold him back. He's like, I gotta see my boy. I gotta see my boy. And like, and, it's... and then just he, we get the shock. His shocked face as he sees the body. And... There he is. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> there he is. I think that's a foot. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we then cut to Brady's funeral. Um, <laughs> this is my... I've had a thing. I've talked to people at work about this. Right, okay. Every time I watch a fucking horror movie or a fucking horror TV series or anything like that, mm. for some reason, I always think that the villain of the movie is kind of hot before you find out that the villain of the horror movie... <laughs> So my note here just says, why does the Reverend why does Reverend Lowe look like a swimsuit model? Because hmm. he's is a handsome fucker. Hmm. Like a 90s, 80s handsome. He's got the chiseled jaw. He looks like he's what, late 20s, maybe early 30s. He's a handsome guy. And my note here literally just says, Lowe looks like a swimsuit model. He a handsome guy. Yeah. And it's not until about an hour's time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a running theme like I watched you the TV series and like mm-hmm. the first episode was like oh the main character he's a, he's a cute guy and then he stalks a lady like murders her friends <laughs> right this is just a running theme apparently well so, I mean yeah I mean yeah I mean he's a good looking priest he's a he's a fine looking priest <laughs> fine looking priest <laughs> tall uh, handsome yeah he's doing a speech for the the for brady's funeral we see uncle red uh, about to swig from a hip flask yeah, <laughs> no he's going to isn't he he's I mean, going to and then he looks over at marty and puts it away because you know he doesn't want to be a bad influence yeah. the reverend gives his sermon uh and then after service red offers to take marty home himself he wants maybe to, i'll take the boy yeah he wants to make sure that marty's okay marty's all right hmm. um uh, Marty tells Red in the car that it might be a monster, not a murder, just because of, I guess, because of the state of the body, I suppose. Um, and he jokes, you know, like a werewolf or something. Mm. And I was like, I forget when when movies used to do the same. When they used to say exactly what the movie is. Well, that's what made me think about Drunk Uncle, because I was like, maybe he actually knows what the fuck is going on, and he put the idea... Ideas like, the thing we don't know about Uncle Red... There's a lot we don't know about. Exactly. Right? Like maybe he knows actually everything that's going on, but he's like, this is what Marty needs to become a man. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Oh no, Marty, um, Uncle Red seems pretty happy. Drunk Uncle's just got it going on. It's just, I reckon. He's that, a mysterious guy. Mm. Gary Busey, what do you But like out of all the mythical creatures you could think of, mm. you go werewolf. I yeah. Know, just, you know. Not like a bear attack or something I like they that. Need to or... do a drunk uncle prequel. <laughs> Red, the untold yeah. story. Uh, Marty tells Red what um, Tammy said about her greenhouse the night her father was killed. He says, you know, Tammy said she heard some weird voice, uh, some weird noises, and then, you know, that night her dad died. Yep. Um, <laughs> Gary Busey's line here is so good. Uncle Red's line. He just says, "Well, you know, that's just a coincidence. You know, psychotics are more active when the moon is full." And I'm like, "What?" science is this <laughs> what what are you talking I mean, about I've heard, I, have, I haven't heard like psychotics are more active <laughs> during the, during full, the moon. full moon but i've heard that hospitals definitely are a lot busier on full moons oh really people apparently yeah that's some people go crazy some people believe that they get migraines or headaches from when it's a full moon that's so weird yeah i mean i don't know man maybe this is where the like werewolf origins came from yeah it's just like 
people acting weird during full moons and they're yeah. like, oh, you know, he's acting like a wolf or he's acting mad or yeah. whatever like that. And then it just evolved from there and totally. here we are with yeah. full-on werewolves. But yeah, I mean, that's like I've been the excuse for a lot of things. Like, I'm pretty sure there's been a lot of movies where they're like, oh, geez, it's busy tonight. And they're like, full moon. Yeah, it's true. Kind of like, yeah, true. Cool. <laughs> anyway, I guess that is the reason. <laughs> I mean, blood moon and stuff like that, you can sort of understand because it's more rare. But like, a full moon's like once a month. Yeah. People going nuts once a month would be. I know it'd be interesting to actually, you know, look at the stats and see if accidents and craziness goes up during full moon. During full moons. I know it does for like Christmas and shit. <laughs> hospital, like, busiest time of. Um, busiest time for hospitals is Christmas. Yeah. And it's like that thing, like, when it's winter and people get depressed. Mm. Yeah, true. Um, we cut to the we cut back to the town bar. Uh, they're basically Andy's um, sort of making search parties with everyone. Um, Doing to basically some private justice. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking love that time, don't oh, you? Oh, dude, like that was like my highlight in that film. Like, was I mean, I had a few like laugh out loud moments, but when they started private justicing, you're like, fuck yeah! I was just like, that is such a fucking rad name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're setting up their little groups to basically uh, search the town grid by grid to try and find this serial killer before he strikes again. Sheriff Joe um, breaks up the group. Uh, yep, he, he calls it private justice. You know, you know what they call this? Private justice. Private justice. It is against the law. I am the law. And then he immediately backs down. Yeah, the other guy. Well, doesn't fucking uh, old shitbag's dad come in and be all like, I need some private justice. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Uh, yeah, Andy what about my private justice? Yeah, Andy won't let it go. He's like, no, 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 we need to do this for the town because you ain't doing it. And Brady's yeah. father, who's called Herb, apparently, um, tells, tells the sheriff to shut up. That's right. And he's just like, I need to do this for my son. And then he storms out the door and basically all the parties move out to go hunt down the serial killer that's terrorizing the town. Does dead go? Yeah. He does. I We don't see him in the search parties, though. No, that's what I was wondering. He's I don't like, think I need some private justice. I was like, maybe he just fucking stayed at the bar and drunk everyone's drinks. Yeah. He, he marched out and then waited for everyone to leave and went back in the bar and was like, I am fucking going out there. No, I'm like, actually, I'm, no, I'm private. <laughs> nah, no private justice. My, my son's kind of a dick. I don't really care that much. <laughs> I'm just big on the drum. Now I got money for beers. <laughs> um, he says that Brady was torn apart, not just clawed to death. Mm. So we sort of get an escalation in the kills, I guess, because we had for an animal. Yeah, we had um, the crying woman was just clawed to death, and then mm. the dad was impaled and then clawed to death, and then we had Brady. But then the drunk guy was still a train accident. Oh yeah, nobody. Yeah, nobody ever clicks that he was actually killed by well. Yeah, he's like the forgotten. <laughs> he's the forgotten yeah. murder. You didn't see his funeral. <laughs> he was a chronic alcoholic and everyone knew it and nobody cared they just apparently. left him with yeah. <laughs> he's still on that train track <laughs> they, just, they just left him there excuse me they're like he'll be alright should be alright yeah. um, Herb rates the sheriff before heading out to personally find the killer he says although we don't see him in the search parties later I don't think so anyway maybe he's in the background somewhere but uh, everyone from the bar heads out for the hunt. Um, the Reverend tries to stop them. Uh, at, at the time, I thought he was just being, you know, the the kindly religious figure in most horror movies, where he's like, "No, no, we must find a peaceful resolution or whatever." Well, I mean, I'd already seen it, so I knew what was up. You, you knew who, you know, and then from like watching it from uh, already seen it perspective, 
Mm. It's like he's blending in. He's playing the part. Of he's course. playing the part. Yeah, all the cars uh, pull up at the park where, uh, I think it's the park where Brady was killed. The forest. Forest or park, or I assume they're attached in some way. Um, all the groups sort of head out in different directions, armed to the teeth, because America. Mm. Everyone's got fucking shotguns and rifles and pistols and... Yep. <laughs> And, and and the one barman's got his baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to fuck up this guy personally. <laughs> yeah. um, Bash him once you've all shot him. <laughs> yeah. Coming at the end to just kick the body of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got a shot of the moon. Um, we see some Great Danes. So they're actually using dogs to try and do uh, like a full hunting search. Mm. Mm. Great Danes. These are huge fucking dogs yeah, too. Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. big ass dogs. Um we we cut to um, we cut to cuts the gas station guy, yep, and and another man who I'm not sure who it is walking through the woods. We get surface leg level fog at the moment. It's about like ankle yeah. ankle length. Yeah, I mean, I was like, so when I was watching it, I was starting to question what is it with the fog? Like, it I don't doesn't know fog like that. Even, I know anywhere. I know Draculas can do that, right? They can make fog and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's, fog like and a, mist. it's like in every horror movie, like yeah. especially from the eighties, nineties, you know, and it's like, oh there's fog and it's like that's like there's dry ice or like, yeah, I was like there's dry ice or a smoke machine. It's like, oh where's all this fog coming from? And it's like, I don't know, the machine in the corner <laughs> yeah. over here. Like it's it's very unnatural. Wow. It's like it's like witches whenever you see like a witch's cauldron it's that level of fog well this was like like up to their chest not yet like, with these two guys it's only like oh, ankle okay length. yeah it's because okay. the the guy uh, that's right the man in front of cut steps into a bear trap uh, he screams, Cuts tries to get him free by like pulling apart the bear trap, but he slits his hands slip and the bear trap closes on the guy again. Doesn't it because somebody calls out to them? He's like, hey, so he's like, around. He's like we're he... over here, and he lets go of the trap. Yes! So yeah, the guy gets bear shit. trapped twice on the ankle, and I was I like, this is a fucking comedy. Yeah, well, yeah, I, like, like, I love that shit. It's so funny because the guy's like, ah, again. But that bear trap didn't really look like it would do that kind of injury nah it's a small thing that's not a bear trap like if if a bear stacked stat stood in that it's not going to keep him no. still like it's like trim its toenail <laughs> yeah we just clip the toenails um we see andy and his group searching um single file they hear a noise but can't pinpoint it um the fog has risen and now it's waist deep so right they're, so they're wading through the fog the main private justice guy yes this the, is the this is andy the barman a couple who doesn't really want to be there well, the husband, husband and wife hey. husband and wife and the husband really doesn't want to be there that's right and the wife is like we have to do it for the town isn't she all like harden up like yeah basically worse but also she looks worried as fuck yeah <laughs> They hear a growling, but again, can't pinpoint it. It's like it's coming from all directions or something like that. Um, one of them sort of suggests that um, it's using the fog to hide beneath them. It's uh, using the dry ice. <laughs> it's, it's using the fog machine. You know, if it didn't put all this dry ice out here earlier, we'd be able to... We'd have shot it by now. <laughs> that man is immediately grabbed by the jaw and thrown against a tree. Mm. Um, oh, no, 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 he's not grabbed um, by the jaw. Uh, one don't they figure out that it's like it's in here with us yeah yeah they're like it's in the fog and then one guy gets thrown against a tree the guy who said it's in it's in the fog gets grabbed by the mouth and then pulled underneath um he rises for a couple of seconds just so we can see the half of his face has been clawed off yes not too 
bad. No, the, I think all of the gore effects have been pretty, like, quite good. Yeah. I was even going to say back to when the lady who's committing suicide. Yeah. There's a scene of the claws scratching her stomach and all the skin's, like, curling off. Yeah, yeah, curling off yeah, and then you yeah, see the blood through. coming through. It's um, pretty, pretty decent. This puppet looks a bit off. I think it's because they linger on the shot a bit too long. If it had yeah. just been a pop and go, yeah, great. But it pops up, um, it's then grabbed again and dragged beneath the fog, um, and the group basically disperses. They all run in different directions mm-hmm. because shit's going down. Oh my god. The barman is killed. Yes. He's trying to run away. Uh, <laughs> the werewolf doesn't... It claws him down and then takes Peacemaker off him and beats him to death with a baseball bat. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I mean... That's pretty... That was pretty funny. Uh, well, I like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, may as well, you know. Yeah. Oh, you want to use this on me? I'll use it on you, motherfucker. Smack, smack, smack. Um, we can't... This is, I don't know why. Little bits like this... I think it's the suddenness of, of the cut and everything like that. Because you see Barman beaten to death. And then it immediately cuts to a mass funeral where there's like six coffins in a row for all the, for yes. the hunting party that just got killed. Yes. <laughs> it made me chuckle. Well, I think that was like the thing, though. Because I felt that it... It kind of had this rhythm from when they left the bar, because old police mate was all just like, private justice isn't going to work, and they're all like, shut up, and then they all go out there, and it's like, carnage ensues, and then it's like, bang, funeral. It feels like, yeah, talking about this should have been, this feels like a TV movie, that feels like where your commercial break was, is just after the barman dies, it goes, and now... You know, coming up next, EastEnders yeah. or whatever, yeah. and then you know it would come back after the break, and it'll be the funeral. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it felt quite comical because it, was it just really like, did. Yeah, it just felt like the pace was really weird. But then, it's not actually what happened. No, no, because so, we get we get this mass mm. funeral, or what looks like it's several coffins in a row. Um, the the lady on the yeah. organs playing Amazing Grace. Reverend Lowe gives a speech, and then Herb starts laughing. Um, there is no comfort. There is only private justice. <laughs> private justice. <laughs> and then the Reverend, Reverend has visions of the funeral goers um, starting to transform into werewolves. Well, he starts like he goes to say something, and doesn't he start like like fucks up his line, and he's all yeah. You're kind of like, ah, oh, something's not right here. And then Reverend... Like starting to swear. I think it's Herb who starts to transform first. You start to yeah, see, they all like, start, like, looking... Like, they're all sort of, like, eyeballing him. Yeah, like, like, like really wide-eyed. They all gradually are starting to sort of morph. Yeah, and they're starting to, like, grow, mm. grow the fur, and some of them start to get the muzzle and the claws and mm. stuff like that. Um, awesome transformations for these... These yeah, I really like that really scene cool. in the church. Yeah, yeah it was kind of really, really good. And then there's a really loud howl that shatters all the windows of the church. Mm. And then the the men in the coffins burst out and they've turned into werewolves as well. And then it turns out it was a dream. Mm. The reverends had a nightmare about Just it. Just think about that. I don't know if it's, it's from some other werewolf movie I've seen. I'm possibly thinking like either Halloween 2, uh, not Halloween, Howling 2. Mm. But I was almost like it would have been... And this is just me being the freak that I am. <laughs> is that when they all like broke into werewolves like in the church that they all started having like this big werewolf orgy? Oh yeah. Then he would have woken up. Like I would have found that. Just to find the like <clears throat> just even to make it weirder. Yeah, the weirder and like to show the like um 
what's the word but like in the sin of it mm. you know to really like uh, play it against the reverend and stuff like that but that, yeah I, I know what you mean because that's basically what we got in what trick or treat Mm. We got all the all the girls ripping off their skin in this really gory scene, and then having like an orgy of gore and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, I can see why it was definitely effective in Trick or Treat, and it would have been effective here too. Yeah. But as as it stands, like great scene anyway, yeah. with all the where all the well, people. Well, to me, that was like them. a clear indication too that it's like this. It's the priests, like oh really? No, well, no one's mentioned. Werewolves. Werewolves, except for um, Drunk Uncle. See, the thing is, I was looking out for the Stephen King things. Right. Which is small town, either psychic kids or somebody's psychic. Mm. So I was like, okay, the Reverend's having premonitions about what it is. <laughs> the good old Stephen King trope. Yep. <laughs> but it's not. No. But that's where I was heading because I knew it was Stephen King. If I didn't know Stephen King or I didn't know this was a Stephen King, yeah. then I probably would have caught on to it much faster. Um, we see that the fireworks fair has been cancelled. Mm. Uh, Marty and his family go to go to the <clears> fair, <throat> and it's all it's all closed down. Marty is pissed off. Marty Marty's pissed off that there's yeah. no Fourth of July fireworks. Um, he says that there's a curfew in in place yep. in town now. Everyone has to be home by a certain uh, certain time. There's no one walking about anymore anymore. Uh, Marty and Uncle Red are working in the garage. That's the next thing we see. Well, uh, drunk uncle's in the garage. Marty's outside. Marty's outside handing, like, um, screwdrivers and yeah. wrenches and stuff big like that. Surprise. Big surprise. Yeah, it's a big surprise and he's not allowed to see yet. <laughs> the rest of the family's having a barbecue. Uh, Marty says that he's really upset because his, his best friend's dead. Kid, you can do better. Mm. Um, his crush had to leave town because her drunk dad died. <laughs> I guess, yep. and um, and all the events for the year have basically been cancelled. And he's just basically he's bummed out. He's bummed. He's bummed. Poor drunk thing. uncle's there though. Drunk uncle's always there. <laughs> uh, Red says he has a has a surprise for him. Marty has to close his eyes, and Red show, shows him his new wheelchair, which is basically a motorbike, but a wheelchair. Yeah, and it's got. I, I was like looking at. It, I was like, it's not a scooter. No. It's, it's like a, it's a trike. It's a it's like uh, what's his name? Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly's got like the three wheeled motorbike. Yeah, it kind of looks like that, but with like a wheelchair seat. Yeah, instead of a motorbike seat. Yeah, it's kind of badass. It's well, it's, it, I don't know. it's kind of cool, and it's called the Silver Bullet. Mm. Um, Marty takes it for a test ride. He goes zooming down the road, fucking faster than the cars. Yep, overtaking traffic. Uh... Very popping dangerous. wheelies as yeah, well doing wheelies yeah popping I mean, wheelies in his new wheelchair fucking going like 90 yeah and I guess it didn't matter I mean it only seemed to be two policemen in the whole town anyway so yeah, that's like true. anyone's gonna bust him no one's gonna notice yeah um everyone else uh but yeah we cut to the barbecue dinner basically so he's gone for a jury raid he's come home everyone has dinner together and uncle um uncle red says it's time um his basically his time at the house has ended. He's he's mm. he's got to go home now. And Red gives Marty. Um, he says he's got another surprise for Marty. He takes him around the side of the house and gives him a whole lot of fireworks. Mm. He's missed the Fourth of July. Yep. And that's it. Red Red hops in his car, his convertible, and and busts on out of there. He's, he's out of there. He's, he's all done. Girlfriend's wife. He's off to. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Um, that night, Marty climbs down the side of the house from his bedroom. This is where I'm like, this kid is fucking Spider-Man. I don't know what I was doing in that part, but I don't remember him playing out, because I was like, the next thing I remember was that he was in his motorbike, 
He climbs. Cruising. He climbs down like the drain pipe next to his bedroom window. Fucking hell! Because <laughs> you don't obviously you don't see him like scale the entire thing, but you see him at the window, mm. and then you see him doing like the last little bit, and then sitting on a dumpster, and then moving to his chair. Right. And I'm like, this motherfucker just climbed down the entire goddamn house. This is Spider Kid. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> My Jesus Christ. Well, I was just wondering, because then he gets into his bike, obviously, and takes mm. off. When he first gets that bike, you hear how loud that thing is when he starts it. And then I was Thank like, you. how the fuck does he not wake his parents up? Yeah, like, how do his parents not hear this fucking, yeah. <laughs> fucking wheelchair? As well, that, you know, his mum's worried that, you know, they kind of shelter him, they blame the sister. Mm. You know, they obviously don't want anything to happen because he's already he hasn't got working legs and they're worried about him. And yeah. They let him ride this motorbike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After the mum specifically said, you know, like, we don't want him to We don't want him drinking around you and swearing, but we don't care if he's on a fucking trike. Yeah. That goes 100 miles an hour. And brain damage because he's not wearing a helmet. Like, <laughs> no helmet, no seatbelt. Like, you know. <laughs> he's going faster than the fucking traffic. He's. Fucking bull! He take he takes it for a. I said he takes it for a joyride, but not quite. He basically heads to the park. After uh, Uncle specifically told him to do the fireworks at home. Oh, did he twice? I and missed Marty's that. He's like, yeah, yeah, I will, yeah. And then he goes to the park. And I guess it's because he doesn't want to wake his parents, but well, obviously, he goes his, fucking his, par- <laughs> his parents are heavy fucking sleepers because <laughs> they didn't hear that damn bike. <laughs> Um, he goes to the park, lights and fireworks. The werewolf watches from the trees. It's kind of stalking him. Uh, it makes its way onto the bridge. It's it's kind of cool, these stalking things, because you never see the wolf. You just sort of, like, the camera is the wolf. Mm. And it kind of pans out and um, pans out from the trees, and then you can see it sort of slowly moving onto the bridge. Um, and that's when Marty sees it, and he fires his last firework at it. It's like a little rocket that Uncle Red, you know, said, save this one for last. And he does. He mm. fires it directly at the werewolf and it hits it in the eye. Yep. Damn. Damn. That's Damn. cool. doesn't explode. I know. <laughs> it, it doesn't pop. No. Just it just sh- right in there. Um, it does a good burn. There's a pretty good burn on there, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. And definitely gouged the eye out for sure. Mm. Um yeah, firework safety, everyone. <laughs> Don't point it at people. This is what happens. Um, it yeah, he shoots it right in the eye, and Marty makes his escape on his motorcycle. On his motorcycle, <laughs> his tricycle. On his tricycle wheelchair bike thing, uh, he climbs back up the house into bed <laughs> because this kid has the upper strength. Like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger shitting himself with the yeah. fucking upper body strength of this. 12 year old yeah man he's, like he's incredible <laughs> this kid is amazing like, i mean climbing in the house with the use of your legs would be hard yeah and this kid's just just upper body yeah. just the arms yeah he's the man put him on that what's that show the like ultimate ninja or yeah. whatever it is <laughs> just chuck him on that he'll fucking own it <clears throat> that's what i'm just wondering if it's more of a mental thing because it's almost like that thing of like uh, I'm like mentally crippled. I can't use my legs, but when I'm in serious danger, I can use them. Right. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, obviously, it not, could be. You know, it so. could be like he had some sort of trauma in his childhood or something like that, yeah. and then his brain's sort of like they don't delve into why or, or how what happened. Like, it's not like you know, ever since the accident, or you know. Yeah, it's not like we get it's any. Like kind he's of crippled. 
Yeah. Nobody in town likes a cripple. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's just... No, everyone else seems pretty friendly with Marty. Well, it's I just, just that vibe him. that whenever he turns up, people are all, like, rolling their eyes. <laughs> you know? Here comes Marty. Oh, you know, you have to, like, you know, hold the door open for him. Or, you know? Yeah, kind of I guess so. The town burden. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we hear a phone ringing. Uh, it's Uncle Red in bed. Mm. It's Marty calling. Uncle, uh, Uncle Red in bed with a woman. With a lady friend. <laughs> we get to see her for like a second. Like half a second. Like, she, yeah, she's nothing. And what is that, you know, why do we even need to see yeah. Uncle Red? Why can't he? I mean, he's clearly drunk because it's like his entire bedside table is just covered in like empty whiskey bottles <laughs> and beer bottles and shit. Yeah, ashtray with like a hundred durries in it. Yeah, I'm like, that room must fucking stink, eh? Uncle Red's got some things to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Marty basically says, I think I saw yeah. a werewolf or whatever like that. And, my, and Uncle Red's like, no, there's no such thing mm. as werewolves. You're just having a bad dream, kid. Mm. Um, uh, Uncle Red needs to <laughs> needs to sleep off this alcohol. Mm. Give me, I'll talk to you later, kid. And yeah. hangs up. Yep. And yeah, we get, um, we get a quick flash of the lady he's in bed with, but nothing really comes of that at all. Wait for um, prequel. <laughs> yeah, she, she'll turn out to be like a Russian spy or something. Yeah. Um, Jane checks on Marty. Um, he tells her that he saw a werewolf. Um, and Jane sort of believes him. We get we get another one of her weird voiceovers where you're like, oh yeah, she's telling this story. Yeah, there's a couple of times it happens. Eh? It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. She's narrating it because she says. For plot reasons, she's just like, she's just like, I didn't believe him at first, but something in his eyes told me I needed to, mm. needed to believe him or something like that. So Jane starts, it's so bad, it's really bad. <laughs> Jane starts um, scouting the neighborhood, looking for, for someone with one eye, because, because Marty told her that uh, he shot the werewolf with a, with a, with a rocket and it should only have one yeah, eye. Yeah, so in its human form, it's got, one eye. One eye. It's going to be patching it up or something. Yeah, so she's she's basically faking a, like, can collection thing. Mm. She's going around the town being like, you got any cans or bottles that I can recycle for yeah. charity or whatever like that? Good. It's good. Smart. Like, good. It's not like she's just wandering around, like, staring at people being like, have you got two eyes? There is that when she goes to the barber shop, though, she kind of lingers... She does. Like, any cans? And they're all like, nah. And then she sort of just like stands there and she's like looking at everyone and everyone's it's just like getting on about their It's because that, that, there's that one guy in the back who's got like a towel wrapped around his face. Yeah, but again, it's like she sort of just, you know. She's creeping. Just walks in there <laughs> past the fucking, the owner of the establishment and mm. just goes to take the fucking towel off his face. And then sees, she sees that he's got two eyes and she's just like, any cans? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, no. Your, your business, you own it. You just be like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, get out. But like, I guess he's got ears. I guess it's the small town thing, though, you know. Nah, it's bullshit. Kids be kids. <laughs> no, it's fucking bullshit. It's bullshit. It just kind of lingered because it was like you could see that they were like in the film trying to make you know that she's looking. She's looking for She's them. Really looking. In case you didn't hear that little voiceover the before. The population like, of the town was probably about 35 people. In case you were crunching on pretzels during that voiceover, you know. She's looking for a werewolf. Over. Mm. Like, yeah, it was almost like, we need to add some more minutes to this film. Yeah. Uh, she turns um, she turns in the bottles and cans to, to the church garage. 
Um, Reverend Lowe is doing some gardening and he just and of sort course. of he waves the rope and she's like yeah yeah just chuck it in the garage or whatever like that and we get a shot of Reverend Lowe from the front and he's got an eye patch on but uh, Jane doesn't see this because he's got her uh, he's got his back to her mm. he's got his back to everyone yes everyone's all like it's gotta be him yeah we're not showing you him yet yeah <laughs> she, uh, so Jane empties her her cart of cans because during this fake can run, she's collected an entire truck uh, trolley's worth of cans. And well, they look and there was a lot of cans and bottles in that shed, and it was almost like, are you actually recycling doing these with them? No. Um. Well, it's basically it's nest, right? Mm. It's the werewolf nest because that's what she says later. So maybe he's using them to like make a nest. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure how Werewolf works in this movie. Um, yeah, she empties her cart into the church garage. She gets spooked by a mouse, uh, falls into the cans, and underneath the pile of them is the peacemaker bat, the barkeep's bat. <gasps> uh, Reverend Lowe enters, <laughs> acting creepy as all hell at this yeah, point. Can I help you with anything? He's just like, is everything all right, Jane? Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't think I'm feeling well. I think I should go home. He's like... Do you want to come inside? Maybe you're just too hot. Would you like some lemonade? <laughs> and she's just like, no, I think I just want to go home. I'll drive you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, dude, dude, cut it. Yeah. Cut it, man. <laughs> so I say that thing where she should have just gone, look, Reverend, I really need to go home and take a shit. <laughs> I can drive you. He just, she just needs to make him as cu- uncomfortable as possible mm. so that he'll leave. I'm, I'm on my period. Like, I just need yeah. to go home. And you'd be like, oh, I, 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 okay, fine, sure. I'm talking about this. I am touching that. You you just go. You go. Yeah. So he's, yeah, definitely creepy werewolf vibes. Yes. Um, my question here at this point was, does because I wasn't sure, does the Reverend know that he's a werewolf? Was my question at this point in the movie. I think by the end, yes, yeah. he definitely knows he is. Yeah. But I wasn't sure at this point. Cause... That's like I said earlier, like when you said he was out on the road telling people not to go. Yeah. And so he's playing that part. He's playing that because he's fucking what... next thing he's out there fucking eating them. Yeah, so, yeah. Know, it's literally like ten minutes later that he's like snacking on the barkeep. Exactly. <laughs> but I wasn't sure at this point whether he actually knew that he was a werewolf hmm. or like he's just having sort of prophetic. He thinks he's having like God-given visions or whatever yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, Jane tells Marty about the Reverend, and he decides to make an anonymous mo- note. And send it to the ransom letter. The ransom letter made from like cut out letters from like magazines and that that classic thing. And my God, this note is hardcore. I know who you are. I know what you are. Why don't you kill yourself? (laughs) And I'm like, damn, Marty. (laughs) Not, not, you know, you should leave town or we know what you are. Get out or Or maybe we find some help. Yeah. But no, they just send threatening notes telling yeah, the Reverend kill, to kill himself. You kill yourself, werewolf man. And Jane posts the letters. Um, the Reverend reads it and looks disgruntled about it because um, clearly someone knows his secret. Um, they also get a voiceover. We get Jane's voiceover again saying that they sent a letter every day. And they was like, they sent a letter that day and the next day and the next. And I'm like, you're just spamming this guy with like, kill yourself notes. <laughs> I'm like, really nice thing to do. <laughs> I'm like fucking hell you guys who's the villain in this movie yeah damn (laughs) Um, they get Uncle Red into the mix they basically say that they think they they know Reverend Lowe is the is the werewolf and they need his help he doesn't believe them 
at first. Um, the three of them stake out the church and watch Reverend Lowe. Jane mentions that the garage smelt like an animal den. Mm. And this is where I'm like, this maybe this is where he sort of nests. But again, mm. I don't know how werewolf works in this movie. Well, don't they go back in there and there's a car in there? Yeah, but that's just like the re- somebody's like tidied up. Yeah, that's just the reverence car though, isn't it? Because mm. he has to hide it. But yeah. Oh no, that was because uh, we not got to that yet. No, the chase scene. Yeah, the chase scene. That's no, we haven't quite yeah, got okay, to that yet. Got to, yeah. <laughs> we we cut to Marty watching kids play baseball. This is we're about to have the chase scene now. Oh. Marty's watching the kids play baseball. He's kind of looks a bit sad, a bit down, like. There's specific shots of like the kids' legs as they're running around the baseball field, and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I see what. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's basically sad he can't join in that he's not like the the other kids. And my note here just says, yeah, Stephen King writes kids pretty well. Hmm. Like this kid is a well-rounded character. He has different facets to his personality. He has different parts to him. He is not his wheelchair, hmm. but that is a part of his life. Yes, and Stephen King just does that really well in all of his writing. Yeah. Like. It especially is like the big one that stands out and probably stand by me, but I've never read it. Right. I've read it. Um, is it the same sort of thing? Like he just writes kids yes. really well. Yes. They act exactly like kids, but never stupid like a lot of horror mm. movies do. Um, the Reverend's car pulls up behind him. The Reverend is now sort of stalking him. He's uh, watching Marty uh, as the game finishes and the kids head home. Uh, the Reverend continues to follow Marty as he drives Silver Bullet home. Um, <laughs> this car, this this um, this motorbike, Silver Bullet can go like four hundred miles an hour, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. He can definitely overtake <clears throat> the Reverend's car. But um, yeah, we, we get uh, we get the Reverend pulling up behind, uh, beside Silver Bullet as he tries to run him off the road. Yeah, he like rams into into the wheelchair. Um, and Marty speeds up. Uh, he tries to run him off the road, and he like hits the the barrier on the side of the uh, on the side of the road. Yeah. And he like has to wheel wheel himself back to like That's start right, his engine yeah. again. And he basically does a couple of mean dodges of the Reverend's car mm-hmm. as he as the Reverend like backs up and then turns around and then has another go. The Reverend do a couple of mean handbrakes. Yeah, he does yeah. like some handbrake turns and then comes back at him again. Yeah, he does a couple of, um, and as it Marty sort of throws him off the line a couple of times. Like mm. there's one where he pulls off a little side bit and the Reverend just drives straight past him. Like, yeah. He's a big fucking skid. It's, it's pretty cool. It's a good, it's a good chasing. It's I very, like it. yes, I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Mar- but basically Marty speeds off, um, with Lowe sort of following behind. Mm. Um, Marty is realizing that he's almost out of gas. They head towards um, an unstable bridge, it says, as, um, like you said, uh, I can't remember what Marty does. He, like, he like swerves into, like, the off, not not the off ditch, but, like, slightly off road. And the Reverend follows, and his car wheel gets stuck in the mud. Mm. And that's how Marty sort of gets a head start. Um, but they're heading over to, like, an unstable bridge, like a, an abandoned bridge that's no longer used anymore. Yeah. Lowe's car gets stuck in the mud. Marty's wheelchair runs out of gas. Like at the center of the abandoned bridge, so he's like both sides of this bridge have been like boarded up as well. Yeah, it's like that. It's, I don't know what you call them. It's like one of those weird. It's like a covered bridge. Oh, with like, like the roof and everything. Um, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like the fucking guys drive off. Yeah, the the sort of covered bridge thing. Yeah. I don't know what they're called. No, I don't know. Yeah. But it's been boarded up because it's basically condemned. Mm. Like it's not safe for use anymore. But um, the silver bullet sort of breaks through the boards, and he runs out of gas right in the middle. Um, 
He watches helplessly as Lowe's car pulls up to the to the entrance of the bridge, yeah. and Lowe enters looking serial killer as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like he's swaggering on over, like he's gonna fucking gut this kid. Mm. It's actually really creepy. Yeah, he's a creepy looking dude, actually. He, yeah, and the weird turn though, because like at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, yeah, he's a handsome, he's a handsome fucker. Mm. He's a like he seems nice, and then at this point, I'm just like, oh wow, he looks like a fucking serial killer. Yeah. He looks you nuts. Definitely watch people under the stairs because he's fucking amazing in that film. I'll give, I'll, I'll add it to the list. Eighties, eighties horror. Nineties, nineties. Craven. Ooh, mm-hmm. I do like a West Craven. Okay, it's great. Uh, people under the stairs. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll look it up after this. Yep. Um, he says he's sorry for what's about to happen. Um, he also says, thank you for your, not thank you for your notes, but like he got your notes, uh, but he can't kill himself <laughs> because that would be a sin. Yes. Um, I, and then he also says, I would never knowingly hurt a child, which kind of implies that he didn't have control when he killed Brady. Hmm. That's specifically using the word knowingly kill a child. Yeah. Um, he says he killed Stella, the crying lady who got clawed to death in the um, upstairs bedroom, to save her from yes. going from going to hell. Yeah. Um, because she was about to commit suicide, and suicides go to hell. So he killed her as a werewolf instead. Killed, saved her by killing her. Yes. Mm. And I, it's the hypocrisy. I hate hypocri- the hypocrisy of religion. Because um, I'm like, wait, isn't murder is a sin, right? Oh, wait, no, 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 no wait, wait. It's religious murder, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> And yet no one still claimed the drunk at the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah, he's just like, like, I didn't kill him because, you know, he was doing bad things. He was drinking himself to death, yeah. you know. He, he could claim that was almost suicide as well, so, you know. I took his life before he drank himself to death. <laughs> we're not going to mention the ones that <laughs> we've forgotten. Not gonna, we're not going to mention Brady, and he, like, tugs at his collar going, Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, about that kid. Um... <laughs> Uh, he's about to reach Marty when a tractor crosses the road on the other side. Mm. Marty calls out for help and the driver hears him and stops. Uh, Lowell, uh, Reverend Lowe leaves as the man approaches. He basically makes himself scarce and drives off in the other direction. Uh, Marty tells Red and Jane. Um, Red sees the damage to his wheelchair. He looks mm. at the silver bullet and there's some um, plate, uh, some paint from Reverend Lowe's car on it. He even Ooh, asks... Paint. Yeah, he's like... Oh, what color is the Reverend's car? And she's like, blue. That blue. <laughs> there. Um, Uncle Red is now basically on board. Yep. He's like, okay, yep. Sweet. They tried yeah. to kill my nephew. Yeah, even if he's not a werewolf. Like, I think Uncle Red's gunning for, for the Reverend at this point. Um, he, Uncle Red explains to the Sheriff what happened. Um, and the Sheriff agrees to check out the Reverend for them. Uh, that night, we see the sheriff checking on the church. Why at night? Why, Why not? <laughs> There's only two like, cops. I mean, he's probably got a lot to do. <laughs> I'm like, Uncle Rick clearly went to see him during the day. You think he'd like pop over the church, see the reverend, you know. Like I said, there's only two cops. <laughs> their list of their to-do list is, is a huge. fucking mile long. It's just like, look, I've got to go visit the reverend now. Okay. Or you've got to do that in between, you know. Getting the cat out of the tree and cleaning the guns and <laughs> washing the police cars, <laughs> getting donuts. Yeah, um, uh, he knocks on the door, uh, no reply. He heads around the back of the building, um, and then over he sort of checks in the window on the side of the building and then heads to the garage. He opens it and heads inside. He sees Lowell's car, 
he sort of sees the dent on the side of it and looks, takes a closer look and sees the sort of silver paint that's in it as well. Yep. And then goes to the other room in this garage and there's Lowell. Reverend Lowell pops out of the shadows. Hmm. Um, so the sheriff draws his gun. Um, the, the reverend knocks the gun out of the sheriff's hands and he says, but it's not my fault. And I've said, so is he in control or not in control when he's transformed mm, into yeah, a... Yeah, I don't know, actually. Because hmm. he clearly picked Stella because he said that she was going to kill herself, so yeah, he had to I save her. Just, yeah, I mean, I think he does know, but he's playing that he doesn't. Yeah, but... my th- I've, I've got a note for this later, yeah. so maybe we'll tackle that a bit later. Because he's he, he also says he, he wouldn't knowingly kill a child. So it, yeah, but again, I just think it's like he's just saying it. He's just saying it. Yeah, and he's, he's just killing he's, everyone. He's killing everyone. Yeah, yeah. So Lowell begins to transform again. Awesome transformation. These transformations are fucking awesome in this mm. movie. Um, Lowe cracks the sheriff over the head with the peacemaker bat uh, before fully transforming him and killing him. Mm. Uh, so it gives him a good wallop, doesn't it? Yeah, he like whacks him on the head, and the sheriff falls over, and there's blood trickling down his head. And then Lowe finishes his transformation, all the fur and the muzzle mm. and everything like that. And then I think beats him to death with the bat and that's how the sheriff dies right i think that's how he dies i don't think he bites him or anything like that next thing we see red jane and marty talk about how now the sheriff has gone missing as well and um someone i think it's jane mentions but the moon wasn't even full Mm. and um apparently low can just transform at any time but is strongest during the full moon Mm. and this is where i said yeah this was my thought maybe the closer to the full moon, the stronger, but the less control he has. So maybe he's strongest, but doesn't have any control during the full moon. Mm, maybe. And like every other time, he can sort of pick and choose who he kills. Or if he transforms at all, I don't know. Um, Marty gives Red a silver pendant from around his neck and asks him to go um, go and make a silver bullet for mm. them. Um, Marty thinks... Low Reverend Lowe is coming for him. I mean, sorry, he, he he already has kid. Like he tried to run you off the fucking road. Yeah, and you've been sending him notes for weeks. <laughs> death threats. Yeah. You've been sending him death threats, Kim. <laughs> yeah, he's coming for you uh, for hurting him, and because um, they know who he is, so he, he reckons Lowe is coming for him. Red goes to the gun shop, <laughs> you know, like a liquor store, just mm. one on every corner. Um, but it's a magical gun shop. Yeah, the guy seems to be in on it, eh? The the, the man at the gun shop molds... Doesn't he say that? Though? He does. He's like, the, the red knows this gun guy, gunsmith. And yeah. Oh, yeah, magic. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Red actually knows the gunsmith, but he... That's what I'm saying, man. Red, red the prequel. <laughs> and this gunsmith is like... His, his yeah, like... it's like some sort of alchemist. Yeah. Like, gunsmith. But the, the bullet, eh? <laughs> yeah, he's like, and, and that's this is where we get the Lone Ranger reference, because right. Uncle Red's just like, oh yeah, yeah, my nephew's really in, just discovered the Lone Ranger, and I want to give it to him as a present. Hmm. You know, a working bullet. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, sure. It's I mean, looking bullet though. It's a, it's a very pretty hmm. looking bullet. Um, the gun shop uh, owner molds a silver bullet from Marty's pendant and Jane's crucifix. So there's a bit of both siblings here mm-hmm. used to make the bullet. We cut to Halloween weekend, which is apparently the next full moon. I don't know why they waited for the next full moon when the werewolf would clearly be... They even said when the werewolf would be at his, like, strongest. Mm. Like, as soon as you get the bullet, just just 
head on over and shoot the priest. Hmm. Like, why wait for the full moon? That seems like a bad idea. Maybe the priest is waiting to, for him to be most powerful to attack Marty. That makes sense. But then why he, didn't... He I'm, won't knowingly kill a child. Mm. Maybe if he just lets the wolf... Wolf do it for him. Yeah. That understand- but then not knowingly killing a child, you must know where he lives and still have... But that, I guess you could be... That that sort of stuff's buried in your subconscious, right? Well, uh, That's not actively... Well, actively... he's going to dispose of him because he's been sending him death threats. Yeah, and, and knows that he's yeah. a werewolf and yeah, everything like so that. That explains why... He will knowingly kill a child. That's why he's full of shit. That's why the werewolf doesn't come for Marty. But why doesn't Marty and Uncle Red and Jane go for the... Go for low? Like... It just makes, like, kill him before his full power. Yeah. But they don't. They wait for the next full moon. Um, Parents leave because, uh, leave Red babysitting. um, Because Red... a lie that Red makes. Yeah. (laughs) Red gave them tickets to, like, a holiday, and he said he won, like, a couple's retreat, but he just broke up with his girlfriend or whatever, so he didn't take it. Um, And gave them to Nan and, um, and the father... To basically get them out of the house. And that wasn't even real either, was it? He just actually lied to them and to get them out of the house. Yeah, he lied to them and bought them a couple of tickets to, like, a resort or, I don't know, something like that. To get them away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, basically, we sort of get the idea that Nan and Red were basically like Jane and Marty are now. Yeah. It's the same dynamic. It's just one generation later. Uh, yeah, Red faked a raffle win, romantic getaway, to make sure the parents were kept safe, basically. He basically sent them away. Yeah, don't send the children away while you deal with the werewolf, that's fine. <laughs> well, you just think, like, you know, more hands means less work, right? Yeah. I guess Whatever. so. <laughs> 3 a.m. that night, the three of them are asleep in the lounge, Red with a pistol in his lap. Mm, safe. Safety. Yeah, <laughs> safety on. Lit cigarette in his fingers, you know. That's what wakes him up, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, the werewolf, the wolf approaches the house. Red is woke by a by the burning cigarette because I I guess the ash falls on him or he drops the cigarette. He's, he's holding it and it slips out of his fingers. Or yeah, whatever. I mean, being being a smoker, like that did happen. But people, yeah, like oh, what, when it burns down and then it well, burns your fingers. People asleep in the couch, like holding a cigarette. Yeah, eventually burn right up to the butt, right up and to the filter. You, yeah, uh, and if your fingers are like you know too close to the, the light, it'll burn your fingers. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I or I, you just I assume drop that... it on the floor and the house catches. <laughs> I had when I was little. I had a, I had a my my best friend. Um, I used to have, go over there for like sleepovers and stuff like that. And we would of, often hang out with her nan because her nan lived like next door. Mm. And her nan would fall asleep with like she was a chain smoker, and she'd just fall asleep all the time with a lit cigarette. Mm. Like the number of times we found her in bed or on the sofa or whatever like that with a lit cigarette, and I'm just like. Now, like looking at the time, you don't think anything of it because yeah. you know they're they're adults and they know what they're doing. Looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, it's a wonder our house didn't fucking burn yeah. down. <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> um, the wolf approaches the house. Yeah, Red is woken up by the burning cigarette. Uh, Red tries to send the kids to bed. He's like, look, it's three a.m. You guys head to bed, and I'll I'll wait up for the wolf. Yeah. Um, just as this happened, Jane turns and sees the werewolf at the window. Uh, Red goes to check, but doesn't see anything there. He unloads the gun. He takes the bullet out of the gun. Mm. Uh, I can't remember. I don't know why he does this. I think he's he's like he thinks the kids are having him on. Yeah, something like that. It kind of gets there, and he's like confusion. Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, "You kids are having me on. You're you're 
playing your pranks on me, all right? I'm fucking had enough of this, bro. Yeah. bro. You've had your you've had your laugh. Look, no, no, no bullet yeah. in the gun. It's Drunk fine. uncle hasn't had a drink. I've had enough of this, you know. And just then, the wolf cuts the power. Yep. Um, so now they're in the. Isn't dark, he even it? still just like, oh, it could just be a fuse? Yeah, he's uh, like, it's just a fuse, kids. Don't I'm panic. I'm telling you, man. If he had had like half a bottle of whiskey by now, he would be fucking like Rambo. Right? <laughs> so you reckon he's like this because he's sober? Yes. Or somewhat more so, but yeah, if he had fucking half a bottle in him, man, he'd be just fucking. He'd amazing. be in it. He'd be like, "Yeah, werewolf, sure, give me that gun." Yep. <laughs> um, they hear a noise at the back door. The wolf breaks through the lounge wall. Notice, notice wall, not window. Just full on smashes through the wall. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's kind That's of. It was. It feels like well, the Kool Aid guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wolf time. Um, he immediately disarms Red. Uh, Marty tries to catch the bullet as it falls, um, but it sort of rolls down a drain. Is it normal to have... I guess this is for, like, indoor air conditioning or yeah, whatever. Like I assume a, so. Um, yeah, what are they... Uh, like an air vent. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the floor. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of houses in the States, even though they have very thin walls, they all have uh, air conditioning and... Yeah, it's you know, so weird because it's not blow. it's not something we have here. So no. I was like, why is there a drain in your floor? Yeah, it's like <laughs> the, like the old uh, like laundry chutes that they'd have in their house too. Oh like yes, the wall and you chuck your laundry. We in there. we I've lived in a couple of houses that had those. Uh, our parents like rented houses, and one of them had a laundry chute like that. I think the the house they live in now has a laundry chute right. as well. It's pretty cool. Yeah pretty uncommon though like in New Zealand it's like why does every house in America have a basement you know, I know houses in New Zealand have like a basement no not a house no not many houses in New Zealand even have attics mm. you might have like yeah, a yeah. tiny crawl space and that's about it yeah but like back in England like we had a full on attic it's like where we kept all the Christmas decorations yeah. it's where we stored like a ton of shit like mm. that room was a big room but here no you just don't have it yeah at all yeah, yeah. but anyway yeah it, the, the bullet falls down this little this little air vent drain thing. Yep. Um, Red is thrown across the room one of like six times during yep. this fight that he has thrown, <laughs> thrown clear across the room. By the, getting wasted by the werewolf because he's not wasted. Because he's not drunk enough. Yeah. Um, Jane goes for the gun but is grabbed by the werewolf. Um, Red smashes a chair uh, across. On the, the werewolf or just smashes it for the hell of it? <laughs> on the werewolf. On yeah, the werewolf. Yeah, okay, cool. He's yeah. like, let go of my niece. I can't remember. Yeah. Smashes a chair across the wolf and Jane rose. Uh, runs to help Marty get the bullet out of the out of the air vent. The wolf throws Red again, and then um, the two of them sort of have a fight um, while Marty and Jane try to get the bullet out. Marty eventually grabs hold of it. He gets the bullet as the werewolf draws his attention to the two of them, him, him and his sister. He loads the gun and shoots straight into the other eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if this werewolf lives, he's going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> Blind werewolf. Blind werewolf. Yeah. So now both of his eyes have been uh, been taken out. Uh, the body reverts back to human. Very cool watching this in reverse mm. as well. Very well done. Yeah. It's cool as fuck. Watching all the hair recede back into his skin and watching the muzzle. like It's like he's deflating. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really awesome. Um, everyone watches as the Reverend's body is revealed. Mm. He jumps up for one more scare because Scream was absolutely 100% right. They yep. always come back for one more scare. His nerves. Yep. Um, he's just got a bullet go through his eyeball and out the back of his head. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got to shake that off. Mm. So. 
It's like uh, that thing, like he's transformed from the wolf. He's like, oh, I'm human again. Oh, I fuck, I'm dead. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's that last moment of sucky realization. <laughs> Why can't I see? <laughs> Um, the three of them hug Marty and Jane say they love each other Aww. and we get a freeze frame freeze frame of the siblings hugging and that's our last shot that's the end of the movie yep. that concludes 1985 Silver Bullet okay. so give me your overalls on this movie what do you think of it overall the script the, the costuming the design just overall what, overall I mean I really enjoyed it like I said I was, I was uh, just found it hilarious uh, there was some points like some some good dialogue and then just some hilarious dialogue. Some of the it's dialogue. definitely a product of its time. It's um, very, it feels 80s. Yeah, and just, you know, like the cripple hatred or that stuff. <laughs> when Tammy's dad spewed that line, I had to write it down. Yeah, but it's almost like that thing of like, it's it's it's, it's a terrible thing to say, but it is it was funny as hell and that motherfucker got his just desserts anyway. Yeah. So, you know? Yeah. It's almost like you need that shit. So you can be like, yeah, that guy's a fuckwit. He can die. Like, yeah. You know, it makes his death seem worthwhile. He didn't die in vain. <laughs> no. I mean, he got impaled on a floorboard, so that's <laughs> yeah. pretty pretty damn cool. So, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, um, it was very entertaining. It did have that weird, I felt, um, TV movie vibe. Didn't really yeah. know if it was a horror movie or if it was going to be like this sort of censored adventure werewolf movie i don't know um, it was yeah it was so weird trying to find the tone of this because like i said bits of it made me laugh out loud mm. and i'm like oh, i don't know if that's what it was aiming for yeah well the thing was too like i looked it up like who the director was mm. and i'm pretty sure like from imdb from what i remember this is like the only movie he's done which made me think that it was a TV movie because everything he's done after it has been TV. Oh. And he's directed episodes of, like, The Sopranos. Oh, okay. Um, Six Feet Under. Right. A lot of HBO stuff. A lot of HBO shows. And, and stuff a lot of other, like, quite successful, not, like, full seasons, but, mm. like, episodes. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, like I said, when the barman got killed, that's like, oh, commercial break. And there was a couple of moments like that where it mm. felt like, oh, here's your commercial break to go make a cup of tea, grab yeah. some snacks. And, and, I mean, I remember that there were, uh, I mean, I don't know if there were a lot, but there were a few, uh, like, TV movies of Stephen King's work. Like, I mean, obviously, it was one. Mm. Uh, the Tommy Knockers was as well. Yes, I saw Tommy Knockers when um, I was like eight, and I don't remember it. Uh, it was filmed in New Zealand. Oh, was it? Yeah, up in like Puhoi and Riverhead around that area. Oh, awesome! Because um, um, there are a lot of actual old school New Zealand actors turning up as extras and bits and pieces throughout that film. I've watched it again recently. quite recently, and I thought oh. out of all the Stephen King stuff that should be remade. Tommy Knockers that would it. be a good one. I felt I've got the book in the other room ready to Apparently read. Apparently, he hates it. The TV series. Well, hates the book as well. Oh. Like he was like drugged out of his mind and didn't like it. Well, he just when he was writing it, I think he'd had some sort of accident and he was on a lot of painkillers and doing a lot of cocaine and wrote this fucking story. Wasn't he kind of looks back on it now and he's just like, ah, it's dog shit. Was that Tommy Knockers? Or was was that Dreamcatcher? I think that might be Dreamcatcher. Oh, I thought it was Tommy Knockers, but I've heard that it could be both. With the speed Stephen King writes, it could be both. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I I mean, yes, Tommy Knockers isn't the greatest, but mm. I like I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's got like Jimmy Smith's in it. I mean, fucking Tracy Lords is in it. You know, it's it's a weird it's a weird film, but is... I like the idea of like these aliens mm. 
telepathically turning these humans into batteries so that they can recharge their ship and go back home or wherever the fuck it is. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, but I like it. Yeah. I feel that if there's going to be a remake of any of his work, that even though it. he hates it, I still think that that would be a good one to do. And you got the same sort of feeling from this movie that it felt like a, well, like a TV. TV movie yeah. vibes. I mean, there was also that one, I never saw it, but it was called um, Stephen King's The Golden Years. Oh, okay. Um, it was another one that was like a two-part mini-series or some shit. So I feel that maybe this was going to be like a TV movie, maybe like a two-part mini-series, but it mm. turned out it wasn't long enough. That would make it's sense. Only 95 minutes. And so. it's only based on a very short novella. So yeah. It would make sense. But then again, like, The Mist you could turn into a whole fucking franchise. Or mm. a whole well, I mean, series. that's even thing. So I was like looking over the, the book or the short story... And it seems to be that each chapter is like a, a month. I mean, I have read it. It was a long time ago. Mm. And I was sort of flicking through it, and it was like some of the murders and stuff, like, you know, there's the Marty with the with the werewolf, werewolf and the firecrackers. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it must be that each murder happens on the full moon of each month. That would make more sense, because, yeah, it's sort of, of the werewolf. this movie's kind of a bit... Um, wishy-washy with it's like how low how much control low has when he transforms it seems to be a bit and there's no to his convenience of, like from what I remember anyway that there's no sort of like established time mm. within the murders or it's like it's almost no. like does this happen in the space of like three days or yeah like it's so hard to tell time in this movie yeah so um, so what would, what would you uh, what would your personal rating be for this? My personal movie? rating for this would be a hard six out of ten. Six out of ten? Yeah, it's not bad. I was going to say seven, but then I was nah, maybe six. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like teetering. I'm like six and a half to seven. I think yeah, maybe seven and a half because if you lean more, if you lean more into the comedy of it, and you just want to have like a fun, wacky time, this movie's pretty, pretty good on that. It, yeah, I mean. Well, like I said like earlier, if it was a comedy, it would be 10 out of 10. <laughs> and it's so rare to get werewolf stuff. I mean, we get werewolves in things, but we don't get werewolf stuff. Yeah. So no, it's, it's, not... it's so hard to compare it. I feel that it's it's a hard one to make convincing. Mm. I mean, American Werewolf in London is, for me, that's like... That's like the godfather the of top werewolf tier. movies. You know, I've never seen the black and white... Uh, the Wolfman. No, I haven't um, either. Whoever that one was. Um, like the Universal Monsters. Yeah, yeah, the classics. Um, but then I think, like, I do remember the Howling films. I mean, the Howling was Joe Dante, the mm. ones, and I haven't watched it, but it is on my list to mm. watch the Howling. I remember it being quite good, but then there's a string of sequels, and I remember that Part Two is fucking bonkers. I've heard that Part Two is awful. I, that was, it's a weird thing, is too, is it's like that was the first of the Howling films I ever saw was Part Two. Um, they introduced me to that series. And yeah. I remember there was like one night, I must have been about 13 or 14. I remember either seeing part three or part four. You used to have this thing back then, like in the in the 90s, um, where it would be like a late night horror movie, like mm. on Sunday nights. And I remember seeing one of them. 
at, at some point. At one point of yeah. Yeah, werewolves is just it's so hard to find good werewolf stuff. I just don't think there's, not, there's many. I mean no. even the Wolfman we were talking about earlier, I mean that film wasn't that great. No. It's uh, yeah. I don't know, we get werewolves in things. I mean, God, God forbid Twilight, but um, mm. like, yeah, the Underworld franchise has werewolves in it, but isn't really about werewolves. We get the occasional werewolf movie, but they tend to be flops. Mm. They, it's like they just can't get it quite right. No, I mean, I was even thinking was that, I think it was a Wes Craven one, it was a Christina Ricci one, and it was called, like, Cursed. Cursed. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, Cursed. I think it was Cursed. Hmm. I'll have to look that up as well, because I, I need to do, like, a Google search to add a whole lot of werewolf movies to my list, because, mm. like I said, the, I just haven't come across them naturally, so I'm going to no. have to Google search them. I mean, them. there was, like, I think the latest one I ever saw was that one, Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop. Yeah, oh, Wolf God. Cop. And then they've made a sequel as well. But no, yeah, I don't know. I mean, ah, uh, there's that fucking, what's that one? I don't know if it's so much of a werewolf film, but um, In the Company of Wolves? And I always remember it in the video shop, and I think it has like Angela Lansbury in it or some shit. But I always oh, remember it does, yes. In the video shop, and there was a picture on the back, and it was like a lady opening her mouth, and it was all stretched, and a wolf's like mouth was coming out of her mouth. Oh, its muzzle. I th- it always freaked me out when I was a kid. That but, does. Um, that sounds pretty. And didn't, yeah. Hmm. I I don't know if I've watched it or if I've seen part of it, but I. Have like flashes in my head of what that movie is, and I wonder if it is the right movie. Or not. I remember it being um, almost fairy tale like, like mm. something to do with like Little Red Riding Hood or something. Yes, but another one I was going to say was Dog Soldiers, the Neil Marshall. I've heard of Dog one. Soldiers, but haven't yeah. watched it. I mean, again, like that movie was great. It was almost like a werewolf, Evil Dead, Ooh. like slapsticky horror type, you know, gore. Gore's but basically, it just looked like. People running around with big, like, wolf, wolf, um, heads. wolf heads. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, ridiculously gory. I'm going to watch uh, I remember there's a scene where, like, a wolf or something, this guy's, like, intestines are hanging out, and the wolf is, like, pulling, pulling it. He's having, like, a tug of war. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and definitely to add dog soldiers. Mm. Um, okay, so we like to give uh, credit where credit's due in this podcast. So is there a particular character or actor you want to give credit to? Uh, probably have to be uh, Drunk Uncle, Gary Busey, Damn. as always. The late, <laughs> I mean, I've, I mean, the ones... I mean, oh, the, the whole cast was great. I yeah. feel that, you know, I can't remember the guy who played the priest, but I love that guy. Like I said, people under the stairs, mm. like... It's great. Uh, Terry O'Quinn from Lost and the Stepfather films. He's great. Yeah, most of the cast is pretty damn good. I mean... Um, Corey Haim as well, like, classic. Brady's dad was hamming it up a bit. Brady's but... dad. Yeah, that guy. I mean, fuck that guy. <laughs> but, um, but the rest of it was fine. I yeah, mean, he had some, uh, you know, like, some top talent to uh, play against. Yeah. And I just guess that he just went a little too hard. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I, no, no one particularly stood out to me as, like, an amazing thing. And that sometimes that's not a, uh, as, like, an amazing actor or an amazing character or anything mm. like that. But sometimes that's just, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. It just mm. means that it, the cast is well-rounded. But I wanted to give credit to Corey Haim for playing Marty, just because yep. he's pretty young in this movie. He's, what, 12, 13, something like that. He's pretty young and does a very, very good job. He might have been younger at that point. He, yeah. He looked pretty young. He looked very young, but he does a damn good job in this movie, and yeah, a pretty well-rounded cast all around. 
Well, that concludes uh, 1985 Silver Bullet. Thank you so much for joining me, JP. Thank you for having me. And I hope you come back for another episode. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Thanks again to our guests, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. It really does help people find the podcast. And remember, you can get in on the discussion by sending us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. Okay, I'll let you go. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the monsters bite. <laughs>